0: and welcome back everyone it is episode 86 of thirst and goal me and ben are Oh, my name is Franny, and Ben right across the table from me, and uh, we're just getting to the podcast after bottling our American Cream Ale. It's been sitting and fermenting for the past two weeks, and we just bottled it. It took, about about an hour and a half or so, Ben? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad at all, too, yeah, actually, I think we're getting better. It took. I think we're getting better.
1: Oh, for this. sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, I the first like the f- time...
1: Yeah, the first time I feel like we were here for, we were out here for a long time, I feel like.
0: Yeah, but uh, it was almost like a conveyor belt. You know, you would fill up the bottles, I'd clean out the bottles, give you more bottles, I'd cap them off, throw them in the box, ready to go. Hour and a half, it was done, but we got about 46 bottles ready to go. Not ready just yet. Uh, Another two more weeks before um, they are ready for drinking, uh, you know, build up a little bit of carbonation. Hopefully, Unlike our IPA yeah,
1: that's true. We'll
0: have the carbonation in the bottle. We had to wait a little bit longer for that IPA uh, to carbonate, but it was worth it. The IPA was delicious, our hef not as good as the IPA. It was good, and hopefully this American cream ale will be uh just as good as that first one that we brewed. Ben and Ben, you're dealing with a little bit of an injury tonight.
1: I am. I am. You know, I I, I was going to take a week off from, from lifting weights this week. I decided not to, even though it was in the triple digits out here in California. So I decided to do a little bit of a workout Thursday and a little bit of a workout today. And it appears that I may have torn some part of my pectoral muscle today. So I am in a a, a significant amount of pain, at least on my right side.
0: Quite a few grimaces coming from from Ben's way.
1: To go with my uh, tennis elbow on my left side. Uh, For all of our listeners out there under the age, uh, somewhere in your 40s, enjoy it while you can because the injuries come fast and furious once you're into your 40s, especially when you're as deep into your 40s as I am. So if you're lifting weights out there, make sure you warm up. Make sure you're checking your form uh, because you might not think it can happen to you, but it can, in oh, fact, yeah. happen
0: to you. And, I mean, you're wearing your muscle shorts uh, more often now, Ben. I mean, you were showing off your uh, your biceps and triceps. I mean, you, you can tell there's a difference, you know, from just a few weeks back. We've talked about this on the podcast, Ben, with his new workout regimen. It's really it's really working. You yeah, know? I know, but, I mean, but also the injuries are coming.
1: Yeah, so that would be <laughs> sidelined probably – uh, from a significant number of exercises, but I figured, you know, and I encourage everyone in also, uh, works out. So we're encouraging everyone that's in quarantine, you know, to blow off a little steam somehow, some way, uh, this is what's been able to keep me from, you know, losing my mind. It gives me something <laughs> to look forward to other than work. Uh, you know, three or four days a week. So at least it gives me something sort of to to, to look forward to, like, okay, this is something I'm going to do today that isn't just working, mm-hmm. watching television, walking the
0: dogs, and going to bed. Definitely a stress reliever. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: And, uh, and a weight reliever. <laughs> yeah. It definitely releases the weight from your body. Does uh, really? Yeah, how was your week this week, Friday?
0: Uh, it was a good one, Ben. I mean, I started work uh, when I went back on Wednesday. I was off for a few days there, and uh, so it was a short week. Uh, I did work today. I got here as soon as I could so we could bottle the beers. I usually show up a little bit later, uh, but today I got here as quickly as I could uh, so we could bottle the beers. And the label, unfortunately, has not arrived yet. We have labels ready to go, uh, so we'll have uh, photos on Instagram and on Twitter next week uh, of the beers. They won't be quite ready to drink, but they'll look very pretty.
1: Yeah, for sure. And those of you that have been with us for a long time know this is our third iteration of the Thirst and Goal Brew. Uh, we did a seventh round IPA, a sixth round Hefeweizen, as Friday mentioned earlier. This is our sixth round, uh, G- or not Genesee Cream Ale, American <laughs> Cream Ale. Let's hope it has yeah. a similar
0: flavor, Ben. You're a huge fan of the Genesee. It brings back memories from your childhood. Yeah, and I have one in the cooler but,
1: you know. tonight. I just <laughs> have a youth. regular Genesee beer uh, from my youth, and it'll be... Uh, youths. I will, my youths. <laughs> so I'll be cracking that open uh, once we get through the football portion of of the show, Friday, What are you drinking over there?
0: Uh, tonight, Ben, I have a little bit of uh, Coke... A little bit of uh, actually tonic water. I didn't expect it to be tonic water. Uh, I thought there it was is club, club I thought, soda. I thought it was club soda. There is I mean, club it, soda. The club soda would look like I'd, I'd had it turned the wrong way. I, I, I thought it tasted a little bit like tonic. I thought maybe it just soured a little bit out here in the warm weather. Uh, but I'm drinking that with a little bit of the basil Hayden's dark rye. Almost uh, polished off this bottle. Um, not the greatest sipping rye, Ben. We were not a big fan of this. Yeah. It doesn't really taste like a rye. It has too much sweetness. None of spiciness. And uh, I mean, but it's good. When you mix it, though. What about you, Ben? I am continuing to drink
1: the gin that Frané was so nice to pick up for me two weeks ago. It's the Citadel Gin de France uh, from the Uh southern region of France. It is a melange of botanicals coupled with your typical juniper flavor. It's a really, really nice gin and reasonably priced. Uh, It's about 88 proof it's about 90 proof uh it's a really really nice summer gin it's got the flavor it's got the spices it's got the botanical so it's a really really nice summer gin. high rating
0: definitely a high rating it was 96 out of 100 on whatever rating scale um they use at total wine but uh i mean it comes in a beautiful bottle and it's not very pricey so if you're looking for a good gin for a low price that's a good one
1: yeah and i could see why it's so highly rated Franny, what are we going to talk about tonight?
0: Tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news as usual. We have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners. We have a promo for one of our fellow football podcasters out there. We also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Ben Steelers, My Eagles, Sonya Seahawks. She'll join us eventually. We promise she'll be back. Once the season starts, if we do have one, hopefully we do. And uh, we also have Ben's feel good story. You you continue to find these feel good stories. I do. There's a lot of people in the NFL doing a lot
1: of really really admirable things out there and we just want to bring some light into the darkness that is the typical uh, you know, type of story you get from the NFL, which the is the Antonio Brown type. Yeah, the news. Antonio Brown, the holdouts, all the other drama that they have going
0: on out there. You know, Bring bring to light. There's a lot of guys out there that are doing good, good things, things in the world, and we also have our shot of the week, which is another mango uh, shot. Uh, we were, you know, such big fans of that mango shot a few weeks back, and we decided to do another one tonight. It's similar, not quite the same, but it's similar. I'm excited to try that. You know, mango is very refreshing on a warm summer night like oh, this. For sure, and we also have our brown of the week, which I am. I so, can't wait. So excited. To try. It is the Ardbeg Wee Beastie Five Year Old. Not as mature as some of the other ones, but definitely excited to try this one. But
1: I bet it's mature in flavor. I'm sure it
0: is. Dude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we became, you know, surfer boys, bro. But we also have our beer of the week. We had a couple of um domestic beers, I think, the last few weeks. Uh so today we're trying a beer from Deutschland from Germany. It's a Pilsner. And Ben, which one is it? It is from
1: Dinkelacker. It is the Schwabenbra das Natrubre. <laughs> N- <laughs> nat- Naturbre. Yeah, something
0: like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like yeah. that. Well, we'll see how that one tastes. And uh, we also have our housekeeping to finish up the show. All right, friendly. What's first up on the big board? First up, Ben, we have our NFL news. Yes, indeed. We are just
1: a few short weeks before the opening game of the NFL season, we hope. Um, we have some news that will warm Frane's heart. Alex Smith has been activated. It should warm
0: everybody's heart. It should this warm is, everybody's heart. This is a good story right yeah.
1: here. You know, Alex Smith, we all or most of you should know about the significant leg injury that he suffered. I think it was two seasons ago. Was it two full seasons ago?
0: Uh it's. It's been a while. It might be. Yeah. It might be a year and a half or so since yeah. the injury. Uh, I mean, just a horrific. I think it was November eleventh, two thousand and eighteen. I think it was. It, it was uh, almost thirty years to the day of Joe Theismann's injury, which is oh, that's pretty right. scary. That's right,
1: and a similar injury. Yeah, uh, but a horrific injury. Uh, so the Washington Football Team quarterback Alex Smith has been cleared for football activity and activated off the physically unable to perform list. The team announced this past Sunday, capping a remarkable recovery from a leg injury that nearly cost him his life. Uh, John Keim of ESPN reported Smith is now in line to be on the field when Washington begins full pad practice and training work at training camp on Tuesday. And he did in fact train and he did in fact practice and he did in fact look really good from this reporter's eyesight. Anyway, uh, the team announced the roster move this past Sunday morning. Uh, Alex Smith is 36 years old. Break. The, he broke the tibia and Ugh. the fibula on Ugh. his right leg in November Franny, you got it right. November 2018 against Houston, uh, and because of an infection, Smith required 17, count them, 17 (laughs) surgeries. I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah, exactly. And doctors worried not only about the possibility of his leg being amputated, but also feared for his life due to an infection. Uh, But Smith vowed to return. And while the team officials acknowledged the massive odds he faced, they always returned to one comment. If anyone can do it, Alex can. Yeah. Frane, what say you? You watch the uh, the E sixty about the injury
0: and oh the, my and the God. comeback. Yeah. I mean, if you have a weak stomach, <laughs> do not watch this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I mean, you know, like you said, Ben, I mean, he had 17 surgeries uh and they showed the X-ray. I mean, how many places his bones were broken? I mean, it is crazy. They were it was actually uh, you know, obviously on the field you don't see because he's wearing his clothes, but um, you know, he had bone exposed uh, it was protruding from his skin. Um, you know, they went into surgery right away, uh, and they have pictures of that too, Ugh. right after the I mean, surgery. A complex
1: fracture is about it. Yeah. Just- oh
0: man. I mean, he has he has nuts and bolts. I mean, this guy is a cyborg now. Um, but I mean, they he went through a lot. Just to get back to the form that he's in right now, I have a lot of respect for this guy after watching the e 60 to see what shape his leg was in, what shape he was in. I mean, they actually show him uh, in the hospital, uh, you know, because of of um, of the bacteria that actually got into his blood. I mean, it basically, it's all over. Th- it's all throughout your body. And so, I mean, the guys, you know, he looked like he was. Well, it looked like he was really, really drunk. I mean he was just he just wasn't there yeah, exactly. uh, in the video. I can't imagine uh, but uh, I mean they they show videos um you know, after certain surgeries that he had where they actually had to remove muscle cut away from the muscle because uh, it was basically the bacteria was eating away at his flesh and his muscle. They had to take muscle uh, from other parts of his body. I mean, it was a really bad injury. I don't think people understand how bad it was. I mean, you know, we've, we've, we're far removed from the Joe Theismann days. Um, but I mean, they, I mean, he really almost lost his leg. Thank, thank God for the, for the technology that we have today to save his leg. And, you know, hopefully he gets to save his career. You know, hopefully he gets to start. But I, you know, if he takes another hit, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, it was pretty bad, man. I mean, you have to watch this. Yeah. I
1: will. I mean, I can't, I mean, I remember. You know when he first came back to watch some games from the box, and he had that contraption on his leg, and all of the and all of the the pieces of metal that were continuing mm-hmm. to you know they were actually protruding out of his skin mm-hmm. through the contraption that he had on his leg. And I can't say you know enough about the doctors that were able to get him back in playing shape. I mean, Joe Theismann, you know, back then there was no hope of playing. Ever again with the injury that Joe Theismann suffered back in, uh, back in the eighties.
0: Yeah. Even Bo Jackson, you yeah. know his injury today. If he had that injury, if he sustained that today, you know he probably would have a had a longer career than he did. I mean, that, oh, that, sure. that that one injury that he had basically finished up his career. I mean, he tried to come back, but he just couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he's got. I mean, he's got a legitimate shot. I mean, Ron Rivera has said <laughs> because you know, the starter sucks. Yeah, I because mean, you got Dwayne Haskins, yeah. another poorly chosen draft pick by the Washington Football Team before Rivera got there. Uh, not a particularly mature individual last year. Allegedly, he's bulked up and has put a lot of hard work in this offseason. But if anyone can usurp uh, you know, the, the starter, I, I think Alex Smith can, given the circumstances and where he's at with that team. I think Alex mm-hmm. Smith could, in fact, be yeah. and the weak got starter. The,
0: the short end of the stick, wherever he's been. I mean, in San Francisco, when, once he started to find some success, he got injured. Kaepernick came in basically career over in, in San Francisco. Same thing, in Kansas City goes to Kansas City, you know you have the up and coming young dude right behind him. Mahomes takes right. his that would spot seems, that would right seems there. Fair. Ship him off to the Redskins. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's I agree with that. But to have Kaepernick start over Alex Smith, who found you know. Uh, quite a bit of success. Um, but, you know, it's a whole different story. Um, but, I mean, for him to get shipped off to the Redskins, you know, nah, I mean, they started the season pretty well that se- that year and, uh, you know, to see him go down with another injury. I mean, it's, it, it seems like it's just been a struggle for him as a starter in the NFL. I guess, you know, he's, he's still lucky to have a chance. There's a lot of guys out there that are not in the league anymore. Alex Smith is still fighting and uh, hopefully he's able to play again.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, anyone that can put that amount of work in, just to walk, just to be able to function as a human being yeah. uh, is hard enough, uh, let alone put that kind of work in and get yourself back into playing shape at 36 years old to play in the National Football League. Uh, everyone should be rooting for Alex Smith, mm-hmm. You know whether he gets the chance to start with, the, with Washington or not. Uh, we want this guy to have a career and see him on yeah. the football field.
0: Again, one of my favorite mediocre quarterbacks, right, Ben?
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's (laughs) on your Mount Rushmore up there with Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo. He's
0: he's on that level. He's on that level. But, you know, hey, those guys also played pretty well. You know, he he is that
1: level. That is true. Is, and he might even be better. Saying, did now. you mention Case Keenum? Yeah, you know, Case Keenum, Case throw Keenum, him in there. Right, one, right. The one year wonder, throw him in there. <laughs> and uh, there's a there's a few of them out there uh, that Franey seems to have a special place in his heart for, along with Matt Ryan,
0: as well as well. oh, a little on. bit okay. of Tira ahead. He's a, tier okay. ahead. he's a little bit of the ahead. Matt tier. Ryan is.
1: You're going to throw Matthew Stafford in there too? Uh, well, given the yeah. uh, Matthew Stafford's probably the best quarterback of that entire bunch, <laughs> uh, but given his circumstances in Detroit, he's never been able to flourish. The way that you would hope yeah. a quarterback nobody like, flourishes yeah. in nobody Detroit. Nobody flourishes in Detroit.
0: All right, Franny. Anything else to add about Alex Smith? Uh, no. But watch E60 for anybody out there listening. You know, to, I mean, I think on ESPN.com or whatever you can actually find that episode of Alex Smith E60. It's a great watch, but just don't eat anything while you're watching because yeah, you might exactly. puke.
1: Exactly. All right, Franny. Next up, Monday Night Football <laughs> booth changes. ESPN's new. An improved Monday Night Football team of Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Louis Riddick will debut on September 14th when they call the late game between the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. The network officially named the new announcing team this past Monday, According to the AP, the three called the late game in last season's week one doubleheader between Denver and Oakland. They replaced the duo of Joe Tessator and Booger, the Boogermobile McFarlane. While ratings had increased for the show uh, or for the, the Monday night game the past two seasons, the announcing was wildly and widely <laughs> criticized uh, by me especially. Uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet will call the early game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants. Got to look for a radio broadcast of that game. Fowler will already be in New York for the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. Is that going to happen? I I guess so. Yeah. Well, as of today, it is. All right. Uh, ESPN is hoping this booth has a little more staying power. It has had frequent changes. Uh, since Mike Tirico went to NBC late in 2016, Tirico was the play-by-play voice for 10 seasons. from I like 2000- I like Tirico too. That's why NBC grabbed him up. Uh, Tirico was the play-by-play voice for 10 seasons, 2006 to 2015, and teamed with John Gruden for the last seven of those seasons. Sean McDonough took over for Tirico in 2016 and 17. And also worked with John Gruden. Uh, you know, Monday Night Football, they just can't seem to get out of their own way ever mm-hmm. since they moved over to ESPN. Terrible cruise after terrible cruise. I mean, wasn't Jason Witten on one of these crews?
0: Was that on was ESPN? That Monday- I don't remember was was if he ESPN? was, but he was not very good. No, no, there are no cowboy, ex cowboy broadcasters that are any good.
1: Uh, I would say Troy Aikman <laughs> is pretty good no. calling the Fox game of the week. Yeah, he, if the Cowboys and, are playing, yeah, and I, guess. I would say
0: also that Tony, Tony Romo, Romo is a stellar, stellar, stellar yeah, guy. Stellar? You think Tony Romo is stellar? I'd rather listen compared to compared to this garbage. I, on I'd rather night to football.
1: Booger than
0: Tony are you Romo. Me? No booger
1: <laughs> and Gruden. Everyone's tough. Everyone's a grinder. I mean, Gruden's... <laughs> Gruden's I mean, that now was, this guy. Yeah, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, Gruden's calls were terrible. Uh, I mean, I I, I just don't under—I mean, even this crew I'm not particularly enamored with. Uh, They're not so bad. I don't think they're terrible. It's not terrible, but, I mean, for Monday night football, gone are the days of, you know, Howard Cosell and Don Meredith. Uh, You know, I mean, those days are long gone, but but they, they need to do a better job. On Monday night football. This is the 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 marquee yeah. game
0: of the week, yeah, especially with ESPN. I mean, they have so much money to throw at these guys. I mean, you can definitely find a better booth, uh, but they did get rid of Booger and the Booger Mo- Mobile. You know, I don't think anybody was really a big fan of him and his commentating. So I'm 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 kind of happy about that.
1: Yeah, I mean he does a good job calling college games, but I think the bar is a little bit lower there, and I think that's more in his skill set is calling those those college games. So hopefully we'll get a little bit better play calling on Monday night football this season. Uh, but it's you know we it, it, we you know the Sunday night broadcast is a little conservative for lack of a better word. It's very produced. It's very crisp with uh, Chris Collinsworth and uh, Al Michaels. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a very crisp well put together broadcast and that's probably why it's you know rated the highest of any of any nfl game week in and week out but the nfl monday night broadcast should be something that's a little bit more fun mm-hmm. a little bit more colorful a little bit more uh conversational with the people that are in the booth and it should be more of a good time mm-hmm. and the espn just hasn't been able to get that that magic group of people together mm-hmm. to
0: give us that good time I just can't find that chemistry yeah, and it should. Like me and you, Ben. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Why don't we do the Monday night game? I know, seriously. Why don't we do the Monday night game? I know. Pittsburgh versus Philly. I think it's coming this year, right? That'd be great to have me. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That'd be great to have us in the booth. Yeah, Frane's finalists and <laughs> Ben's
1: bums. Every
0: Monday night we'll put their
1: posters on the bus. <laughs> I, You know, I tend to be a little bit more negative than Frane, so I can do
0: the bum of the, the game. Franny's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Frane's. sure you have the. <laughs> where is that? Fantastic! There it is. Yeah, there, there it is. There you go. Friday's
1: fantastic <laughs> performance of the night, and I can give you the bum, the person that let us down, that shouldn't have let us down that night. Uh, but let's see what they can do. But I hope, I hope it's a better broadcast than it has been the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. Anything awesome. else? To, anything else to add about uh, Monday Night Football? Nothing else to add there. All man. right, can I move on? <laughs> uh, yes. All yes, right. you may. <laughs>
0: Oh wow, that's something new. Yeah, that's, 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 my, that's my new
1: transition. All right, uh, probably forget to do it, so it'll probably only be for the yeah. first couple seconds <clears> until I keep take a few these... shots.
0: What do it... does
1: that warrant a shot? Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> that, why don't you, Friday? Why don't you? Sorry, we we got off to a little, we were a little bit later start than normal. Uh, we we we're tired. Uh, t- I'm
0: tired. I mean, we yeah. we did bottle uh, forty six beers, beers, which doesn't sound like a lot, but try to you know bottle forty six beers. That's five gallons of beer, uh, and you're 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 kind of you know hunched over. Uh, trying not to spill the bucket um, as it empties out, you know, holding it over almost like an IV. So you get every single last drop of it in the bottle. Uh, so, I mean, it's hot. We're sweaty. Ben's injured. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it hasn't been easy. But we're gutting it out.
1: If <laughs> Alex yeah. Smith can come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can get through this. Podcast. These our inspiration. But we
1: are, you know, we're stumbling a little bit, but just full disclosure, it's because it's a thousand degrees outside. <laughs> And we bottled all this beer, Friday's tired and I'm injured, but we are going to bring you (laughs) one of the better podcasts we've ever done. That's our hope from this point forward. Uh, But, Friday, tell us about or tell our listeners, our awesome listeners, about our drinking game and why you have to take a shot after criticizing...
0: Every single Cowboy really announcer since the beginning of it's time. It's the truth. It's not a criticism. It's the truth. But, uh, yes, our drinking game, uh, our, our agreement, Ben, that we made months and months back. Uh, if you say anything negative about any team in your division, which is the AFC North, or if I say anything negative about any Cowboys player either current or ex or any team in uh, in my division which is the NFC East or if Sonya says anything neg when she's on the podcast when Sonya says anything negative about a team in her division which is the NFC West she's a Seahawks fan uh so if she says anything negative then she takes a shot. I guess I said a few minor things. Yeah, you should be pretty loaded there. up right
1: here because you, you badmouth poor Dwayne Haskins and you criticized everyone. <laughs> yeah, but that's I said ever a announced. lot of good things about Alex Smith, though. Like you said, he's on my mouth, Mount Rushmore. That is true. That is true. Uh, but Friday has said some nasty things about all the awesome announcers oh, that have announcers. come from the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Like, like Dion?
1: Uh No, Dion is <laughs> awful, but he's not really a cowboy. He's a hired gun. he where any anywhere that he can get the biggest amount of money. And the would you like a little bit? I'll take a little bit of that. Uh, what, right, what are we right. drinking over this there, This is
0: the Jim Beam Peach Bend. It's our punishment shot. This is probably one of the worst shots that we have. Uh, This bottle is almost dead. We've almost killed well, this bottle Yeah, let's off. finally kill that Here, bottle. Here, let me pour the remaining. Oh, actually, I'd want to give you more than myself because I said all the negative stuff. There, there, you're, you're, yeah, mine's a little yeah, bit more. A couple but you shots, still, you still- hopefully, We'll good. loosen
1: what's left of my pectoral muscle. Yeah,
0: exactly. It'll and this make it feel a little bit better, as the I podcast, hope. As the podcast progresses. along. All and, right. All right. And we, next up, we have the Bird Dog Ruby Red Grapefruit Flavored Whiskey, which I thought you weren't a big fan of grapefruit. That was actually Sonia. You yep. actually love grapefruit, I love unfortunately. Grapefruit. So you're going to say a whole bunch of negative things about teams in your division just so you can take a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's it actually is pretty good. All it, right, let's do it's this. It's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was hoping for something worse, but cheers, Ben. Cheers. Uh, only uh you know at 90 some degrees it's not particularly great. It tastes better tonight than it did the other day. Uh, it's for some hot, reason. hot,
1: sweaty and beer brewing <laughs> crew over here. All right, Franny, can we move on to the next segment? Let's move on,
0: Ben. All right. Oh, there he is. you remembered. Uh, I did. I'm going to I definitely will forget pretty soon. Yeah, well, you should probably find another one too, you know, for like all the different uh um agenda topics. Oh, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Uh, the, Maybe like a whistle blowing. Woop, you know, like, woop, like in uh, the Flintstones? Uh, or no, like uh, like on the field, like in, in football, where they blow the whistle for a penalty or something. Oh, that would like. be yeah, an yeah, easy yeah, one yeah, to find.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm going to grab one of those. Uh, next up, the NFL lies and lies again about its officiating crews. Uh, the NFL has declined an option to reinstate its full-time officiating program for 2020, the final decision in a series of previously unreported twists during the past four months. Kevin Seifert of ESPN reported. Uh, This is according to multiple sources. As a a result, officials will continue to work as part-time employees again in 2020, a setback for many league decision-makers who view the program as a path towards better and more consistent officiating. The league operated a full-time program for officials in 2017 and 2018, but shelved it for 2019 pass interference replay Mm. season while negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement with the NFL Referees Association. The new deal, signed last fall, provided for the programs to continue if the participants received salaries that were roughly commensurate with full-time officials In other sports leagues, according to sources, the league activated its option in May to convert approximately 10 officials to full-time status. But last week, it informed the NFL Referees Association that it had reversed the decision. The league cited costs. Oh, yes, costs. In explaining the decision, according to NFL Referees Association Executive Director Scott Green, uh, NFL officials or referees make approximately $200,000 per year with NBA officials making approximately $375,000 a year, and NBA officials are considered Mm. full-time. I think this is a ridiculous decision. I mean, paying referees full-time status having them work full-time all year on their craft is not a cost issue for the NFL considering the billions and billions of dollars that are generated by the league uh you know you could probably pay every official in the league two or three times for what they just signed you know Patrick Mahomes for for the rest of his career it's just it's a ridiculous notion to to cut corners mm-hmm. on the one one aspect of the game that you want to get right from. I would say,
0: I mean, mean, that, that is true. I mean, how many issues we've had with play calling, uh, or, or with the decisions made on the field with these, uh, referees. And we've complained about it over and over again. Uh, you know, they, they should definitely find some full-time guys that basically, um, you know, study the game, um, and, 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 you know, make it a full-time job to, you know, just, know every single play and know the rules, every single rule, because there are some officials that don't make the right call on the field all the time. And then they have to call New York to find out what the rule is. Exactly. And, well, there's a lot of uh, rules in the game. There's probably too many rules uh, in the game. Um, But like you said, Ben, I mean, $200,000, and that's just for some of the guys, right?
1: Uh yeah. I mean I uh, think the, the you know the, the I average mean, obviously salary it's, it's, is somewhere around two twenty five. Yeah, but it's thing.
0: also less games than the NBA. I mean the NBA there's eighty two games obviously in the NFL. There's sixteen games, so I'm not sure how many games they actually uh call or officiate. Um, you know. But I mean they definitely could offer them, you know, a little bit more, especially with the billions and billions that the NFL does bring in every single year.
1: Yeah, and there's plenty of work that they can do in the offseason. They can have you know, simulated games, they could do, you know, video...
0: Study or craft.
1: You know, video, tra- you know, like, I mean, they could have a video game-like training scenarios that these guys are engaged in at real yeah. speed all year long. I mean, we see it every single year with blown calls. We see what happened with the the replay, the, the uh, pass interference replay this past year, which was a complete mm-hmm. and utter disaster mm-hmm. because no one knew which way was up or what they were supposed to do or not do. And poor Pete Carroll gave them the business by challenging every pass interference <laughs> call that was made or not made during the season, just to see how they were going to handle it. But just give these guys full time status and women full time status, and let them learn their craft. Let them become the best officiating crews in the you know in professional sports. You don't see this kind of you know complete uh, screw ups in Major League Baseball with the umpires and the the excruciatingly long time it takes to get to be a full-time umpire in major league baseball you don't really see this as much in the nba i mean soccer fans will never be happy but i mean but by and large what i've seen in big time soccer is these guys know what they're doing and these women know what they're doing mm-hmm. so you know i think that they've got to name these guys full-time and stop citing costs if you if you just don't want to have full-time referees and you like the controversy that's created by blown calls, by controversial calls, just say it. Yeah. But don't cite costs as a reason not to do this because clearly the end the, the NFL can afford this. Oh, for sure. It's not even close.
0: All right, uh, I was waiting, I was waiting for like you to, to play that that lead into our next topic right here. I, I was just waiting for that. Oh. Oh, okay. All right, there it is.
1: All right. Next up, Franny we wanted to talk a little bit, a little bit of what Pro Football Focus has essentially, you know, analyzed to be what we think or what they think to be the Achilles heel or the problems with what, you know, widely considered, you know, most people widely consider to be the the Super Bowl contenders. They're not a Super Bowl
0: contender, though.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you see who's here, uh, you know, on the front page, of PFF here, it's Drew Brees. A
0: sad-looking Drew Brees.
1: Well, every Drew Brees is a sad-looking <laughs> Drew Brees. Uh, but they analyze, you know, what the weaknesses are or the potential, you know, hindrances to, to some of these Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. And I just thought we we could, you know, essentially talk about this a little bit. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, by and large, you know, everyone considers them the favorite. To get oh, yeah. back to the Super Bowl, uh, but they do have a little bit of a weakness at cornerback. Uh, not Patrick, the quarterback. Not the quarter. Well, not yet. <laughs> but he's got two two full seasons, so we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, the Chiefs always have a chance. Uh, but we saw that in the Super Bowl. Uh, but the defense pressured Mahomes on 21 of 54 dropbacks. And on those plays, Mahomes had just a 47.0 PFF grade, a passer rating, and only six completed passes. Of course, one of those was, one of those six was arguably the biggest play in the game, and it changed the entire outcome of the Super Bowl. Uh, But they do have issues at the corner position. Bashaud Breland is suspended to open the season, meaning the Chiefs will have to rely on Rashad Fenton, a sixth-round pick in 2019. Alex Brown, an undrafted free agent in 2019, and rookies as well. Uh, none of whom were drafted above the fourth round to hold down the second spot. Breland posted a meager 48.3 overall PFF grade last year, so the bar to clear isn't particularly high. But just because it didn't preclude them from winning all of last year doesn't mean it won't this year. Uh, they've got some, you know, intriguing options like uh, Legarius Need. But Friday would say to you about the Kansas City Chiefs opening the season with really no plan at the cornerback position. I think they'll be just fine in a division I, in a division where there's going to be a lot of passes thrown.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, you know, if you score a lot of touchdowns, they'll score them right back. I mean, their offense is a high powered offense. You know, they can easily score 35 points. So if the other team is able to throw the ball over the top, no biggie for them. You know, they can fight it with their offense. Their amazing offense. All right. I and mean, What do you think?
1: I think that it's dangerous at any point in time. And, and, and the Eagles proved this. To not have, you know, at least one We don't have that offense though. Right. That's true. Uh you might though. You never yeah. know. We'll see what happens this year. Uh, but it's 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 really dangerous to go into a season week at cornerback. Even the Steelers have got Joe Hayden out there, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, you know, to to help out what is a really great defensive line and pretty good linebackers' positions and a decent safe well, actually a really good uh safeties on on the Steelers. Yeah, I, I just think it's dangerous. I th- I think you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're constantly having to score points and throw the ball down the field because bad things can happen even with Patrick Mahomes when you're throwing the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Next up, oh here we go.
0: The Baltimore oh, are you Ravens. Say anything
1: negative, Ben? Well, first and foremost, I don't believe the Baltimore Ravens have proven in the last two seasons that anyone should consider them to be a Super Bowl contender. There are, I would. I would sooner put a lot of other teams on this list, given the way they played in the postseason, the past two seasons.
0: Yeah, not that's stellar. when it
1: counts. So they may go fourteen and two, but I still. I still would not put them up there with the Kansas City well, Chiefs. Whenever,
0: whenever you have a really good season, you put yourself in 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 a good position. Uh, you know, to be a number one or number two seed, you're always a contender.
1: That's true. That's true. I just would not put the Ravens. Anywhere near the Kansas City Chiefs as a Steeler fan or as a football fan. Uh, But the Ravens' Achilles heel is playing from behind. The Ravens are set up to dominate from the front. They crush teams, build sizable leads, and then they lean on them hard until they crumble. By virtue of simply being better, the Ravens rarely find themselves trailing in games, but it hasn't gone well when they have. When trailing over the past two seasons with Lamar Jackson, the PFF passing rate is just 62.2. Which ranks 32nd out of 47 qualifiers and puts him behind the likes of Joe Flacco, Dwayne Haskins, and Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, this is a this I would say this is a significant problem for the Ravens and it mm-hmm. has been for the last two years. Yeah. We saw it in the playoffs when they get in a hole,
0: can't come back. they can't come back. Yeah, Tennessee this year, I mean they just ran all over them. Uh, you know they they played that kind of offense that you love, Ben, just a ground and pound. They took the lead, played it slow. Clock ran out for uh for Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, and and that's
1: the that is how you judge, you know, a top tier quarterback. Patrick Mahomes can get you back in a game. Ben Roethlisberger can get you back in a game. Aaron Rodgers can get you back in a game. Deshaun Watson can get you back in a game. Uh, but we Russell haven't seen Wilson, that. Every single yeah, game. Yeah, Russell Wilson. <laughs> every, every single, single game <laughs> can get you back in a game. Uh, but we haven't seen that from Lamar Jackson. And anybody can win when you're up by 21 points going into the fourth quarter. But what are they going to do this year with a better Steelers team, a potentially a better Browns team? And I can't believe I'm saying this, but you could have a better Cincinnati Bengals team with Joe Burrow and, no. and a full complement no, of receivers. No, that's just silly. And Joe Mixon. Not this year. It, but it is possible. Uh, So they could find themselves behind at some points during the season against teams that they don't expect to be behind to, and we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Anything else to add about what is left of the Baltimore Ravens?
0: (laughs) Have a good team, Ben.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I'm not buying it. Uh, Next up, the San Francisco 49ers also have a problem at the cornerback position, which might be the only problem that entire team has, with the exception of the quarterback position. Uh, But hello, darkness, my old friend, according to PFF. The play of Akello Witherspoon threatened to cause the 49ers problems against Minnesota in the playoffs. And the player who replaced him in the starting lineup, Emmanuel Mosley, on the wrong route to allow Tyreek Hill to make a big play on third and fifteen in the Super Bowl, changing the outcome of the game. Uh, Richard Sherman was back to it, back to his imperious best in 2019. Even if he didn't have the best Super Bowl, but the play of the number two corner has been an issue for a while now. And for the second consecutive seasons, the, four, the 49ers haven't done a whole lot to address the position. Instead, believing that a solution exists in house. And it might, but there's not much evidence to suggest that that's true. Witherspoon, in particular, was poor in 2019. 2019, his best PFF grade was 74.5, and he's now two years in the rearview mirror from that grade. Mm-hmm. Uh Franny, it did change potentially change the outcome of that game, and once again, yeah, well, you don't need all pros at corner, yeah, but pitching, you know, but but patching and 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 you know bringing guys in. Uh, from the practice squad, and you know, I'm just hoping other to find a diamond in,
0: in the rough. I mean, you know, you can't be good at all positions. You can't throw money at every single player. Um, but their defensive line is is one of the best in the league. I mean, their linebacking core. Also one of the best in the league. Um so if they're a little weak at cornerback, you expect those guys up front to put pressure on the opposing quarterback so they're not throwing the ball uh down the field. But to blame it to blame the Super Bowl loss or part you know, to partly blame it on the cornerbacks, it's all on Shanahan, not on the cornerbacks. It was just bad play calling at the end of that game. That is not true. the cornerbacks. That is
1: true. But they do need to shore up that 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 second cornerback mm-hmm. position in San Francisco if they want to be on the on the level with the Chiefs. Uh, because they don't have the offense that the Chief had, Chiefs have. So their margin for error in terms of coming back in games and putting up a lot of points is not what the Chiefs is. Uh, next up, we got the, your, <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Their Achilles heel, Breeze, declining with age. Mm-hmm. Father time is undefeated, and though one may be able to evade him for a while, he eventually catches up, and he seems to have caught up with Drew Breeze in his grasp a couple of times, but only for Breeze to escape. And live to fight another year. When Breeze is feeling good, and there are a few better quarterbacks then there are a few better quarterbacks in the NFL. But over the past two seasons, including the playoffs, he actually has the number one, number one PFF grade, just ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson in the playoffs, which I did not know. Uh, without injury, Mahomes likely jumps Breeze. But the fact that we need this caveat shows how good Breeze still is most of the time. So I will have to eat my words here. Uh, but the issue is what happens late in the year, or at least what has been happening uh, from week thirteen onward in each of the past two seasons. His PFF grade drops ten points, putting him firmly behind Mahomes and Wilson. The tape, the tape shows a different breeze late in the past two seasons. His arm looks worn out, worn out, and he just doesn't fire the ball downfield for those major chunk plays the way he used to. Friday mm-hmm. would say you about how are the Saints going to handle Drew Brees to make sure he's healthy and. You know, full of zest and life
0: at the end of the season. <laughs> well, we've talked about this in the past on the podcast, uh, especially you, Ben. Um, but it is true. I mean, this is definitely a concern for the Saints moving forward this season. Um, you know, Drew Brees, beginning of last season, he played great. Teddy Bridgewater came in because of the injury, obviously. But towards the end of the season, he just wasn't the same Drew Brees. Uh, you know, he just couldn't toss the ball down the field like he you know, could in his younger days. And so definitely moving forward, it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, they, they do a lot of trick plays with Taysom Hill. They also have Jameis Winston. Maybe they can mix it up with Jameis uh, in there, maybe throw a touchdown or interception, you know, whatever, whoever he throws to. Uh, but, you know, Jameis Winston can, can fill in, maybe not admirably like Teddy Bridgewater did, but, uh, you know, we'll see what they do. I don't know, Ben, you're, you're rolling your eyes when I said that about, about, uh, Jameis Winston. Well, I mean, I think they're going to have to. I mean, I mean, Jame- I mean, Jameis Winston can, can definitely, he, he can sling it. He he threw he threw thirty touchdowns last year. At thirty interceptions. Whatever. <laughs> but he threw thirty. Whatever touchdowns. He has Michael Score Thomas. Score seven. Give you up know, seven. he had great receivers in, in Tampa Bay as well. Um, but no, th- this is this is Way definitely better a than huge what he's got now. concern. Uh, you know, moving forward for the Saints, you know, who's going to be their next up and coming quarterback after Drew Brees? Because you know, we'll see how he does this season. I don't know about next season. Already, it's it's still it's 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 a question mark. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sean Payton is definitely turning into John Gruden down there. He's got he's got Breeze, Winston, and Taysom Hill on the yeah. roster. You can't play them all. So what's the? Pl- I mean, I know Winston came extraordinarily cheap, but you know, having a toy in the toy box, you want to play with the toy, regardless of how much it costs. So I- I'm really curious to see how he's going to use Hill and Winston throughout the season to make sure that Breeze is really, really primed and, also, and ready to go in the playoffs. Running the ball.
0: I mean, they have some good running backs. Yeah, Kamara was hurt last year. Alvin Kamara did not get enough touches last year. Definitely should have uh, been able to run the ball a little bit more than he did. Um, So if they can kind of get the running game going, that'll definitely help Breeze.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think they're probably going to use Hill, you know, obviously in a similar fashion than they used him this past
0: year. But I I, I would... Well, if he lines up as quarterback, you know he's going to run it. Every single time, he runs the ball. You know when he lines up, he's going to run it. Defenses should already know that. He never throws the ball down the field at all. So... I mean, he's just, just going to do it that my one time. My two cents. My two cents. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it's more than two cents. I mean, it's a it's, I mean, it's a, obvious. It's a, it's a good good analysis of what the Saints do. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, those are what you know. Those are the teams that they decided to evaluate. Obviously, there's a lot of other Super Bowl contenders out there, like the Bucks, the Steelers, the Eagles, and you know they have an opportunity. Or I would, I, would, I certainly would give the Steelers as good a chance as I would give the Ravens mm-hmm. with Roethlisberger back.
0: Oh, definitely. You know, th- especially with- today
1: or yesterday, Earl Thomas is you know getting in fistfights with his teammates. Yeah, you know, yeah. I is love that on? Is that, on ad- is that on no, about- oh, okay. What happened exactly? Do you know what happened? Uh, well, they sent
0: him home, and uh, there's talk about trades. I'm not sure if, exactly if that's going to happen. Um, but this has not been the best year for him. I mean, he had that uh the altercation with his wife, where she came into the room where he was having uh, a threesome with his brother with some other girls in the bed. It could have been a foursome Consentual. or a five some. He's, not, uh, he's no she, Le'Veon Bell. She came Don't in, try to live Le'Veon Bell's uh, life now, <laughs> Earl. That's you know, not you, buddy. Came into the room with his nine millimeter and, and I guess pointed at him to supposedly scare him. Uh, but whenever you're pointing that'll a gun work. at, that'll, that, that'll, 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 work. that'll work. Yeah. If your wife is pointing a gun at you, yeah. It's effective. You won't be having a threesome anytime soon. Uh, but you know, that Certainly happens. Not in your own house. He turns into the lead blocker for, you know, Derrick Henry in the playoffs earlier <laughs> before that. Uh, and then this, uh, you know, it, 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 uh, it hasn't been a good year, you know. If, no, no. If 2020 was a man, it'd be this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be Earl Thomas. So once
1: again, Pete Carroll makes the right call. Uh, and that's probably why you don't see Clowney there as we sit. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, whenever you have a guy
0: being carted off the field, you know, sticking that was him, right? That stuck his yeah. middle finger up at the sideline. That's probably not the guy you want on the team. I mean, he's a good. He he's a good safety. I mean, he, he has he has played well for Baltimore, but is it really worth it to keep that guy in the locker room if he's such a headache, if he's such a cancer, if he's out there arguing with his teammates, getting into fistfights? I don't know if it was a fistfight. they fight. paid him a bunch was, of money. They, they did. I think it was uh, so far $22 million um, that they've uh, paid him. Um, so, you know, they, they've invested quite a bit in him. Uh, but is it really worth it, though? If they can trade him, if they can get something in return for him, you know, why not see what the market has to offer?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure why Earl Thomas wants to cause trouble You know, wherever he goes. Uh, So he was fighting with Chuck Clark.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Seven-time Pro Bowl safety Earl Thomas was sent home by the Ravens on Friday following a fight with teammate Chuck Clark, who I've never heard of. Uh, The Ravens returned to practice on Saturday, but Thomas was not there. Thomas is his second season with the Ravens after a nine-year run with Seattle. Uh, I started 15 games blah 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 Thomas headed to Baltimore as a free agent in 2019 so there's not much information about it
0: mm-hmm. I, I I guess um, I mean there's some grainy video there's like a YouTube video where he just gets, oh really yeah he just gets uh, it's it's uh, on the on the practice field where he just gets burned Um It doesn't go much further than that. I mean, they don't show the actual altercation. Maybe there is. I mean, the video I saw didn't really show show any sort of altercation. But this is not his first time. This is not his first go-round. I mean, last season, he also had the same uh, issue with a teammate in practice. Um, I I don't know if he was sent home then, but, you know, it's not his first time. And, you know, we saw exactly what happened in Seattle uh, as well. So, you know, definitely he's not going to be one of your feel-good stories (laughs) moving forward. he was never going to be. And he's 31, so he's getting
1: up there for a corner so, I mean, Richard Sherman is, is ageless and timeless, apparently. <laughs> uh, but Earl Thomas is not as a safety. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, anything else to add, Fronty?
0: Nothing else to add, Ben.
1: All right. <laughs> Next up, wanted to go over some interesting analysis that was put together by football outsiders. Uh, and some of this I just thought was interesting or we thought was interesting, uh, because it isn't what you would expect to see. Uh, so they did an analysis on a whole host of different uh, measures of draft performance over the last five years and over the last 10 years. Uh, And the first, you know, essentially the the first category was draft capital. So in other words, how many draft picks you have, how high are those draft picks? Essentially when you're going into the draft, you know, how much capital do you have to spend in the draft, whether you trade it away or whether you don't trade it away. Uh, But over the last 10 years, who do you know? Who had the most draft capital of any other team? Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. So that's what happens when you suck. Uh, so they've had more picks and higher picks uh, than anyone else out there. Next up was San Francisco. It's like every
0: pick in the draft. You know, you have one team pick, yeah, yeah. the next pick, Cleveland, and another team pick, and the next team after that, Cleveland. It seems like Cleveland is every other pick in the draft. Every They're like season. the Trailblazers of the NFL. Yeah, well, the tra- well the Trailblazers are actually you know a, a decent team. They've been you know fairly solid uh, for the last twenty years. Unlike Cleveland.
1: And next up, we have San Francisco, Tampa, and the Rams. Followed by Cincinnati, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. But if you look at our tag teams, Franny, mm-hmm. let's see. Philadelphia is way down the list. Uh, they're in the red mm-hmm. with uh, only a 2% draft capital. But Seattle's way down there uh, because they trade everybody else out. And Pittsburgh's way down the list, too. Uh, so that is something that you would expect Uh, But here is the interesting, interesting little caveat. The next measure is draft return. So how much actual return have you gotten from your draft picks? How well have have your draft picks performed regardless of how much capital you have in the draft? And do you see there who has got the best return on investment for the draft over the last 10 years, Ronnie?
0: Seattle, Ben. Would you have guessed that? I would not have that. And that's why I wanted to Seattle. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean they've actually apparently you know yeah, but I'm also shocked that Cleveland is third. Right there as as bad as they've been for so long now. Um they're third. I mean it, that's that is pretty shocking. I can't believe that.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess they've had some players that they've drafted that have gone on, gone on to individually mm-hmm. be pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, whether they were traded not for away. that team. Uh, but but the team itself has not been particularly good. But I was shocked that, that Seattle actually has had such a good ROI yeah. on their draft but picks. Even Pittsburgh. But it does make sense given how good they,
0: they've been. Yeah, but Pittsburgh is actually not that far down the list, too. So, I yeah. mean, you, you found some good value in the picks. It doesn't shock me to see Philadelphia way down on the list. Philadelphia doesn't draft very well. And it's... I, it's it's been like that for quite a while now, and they don't obvious. draft well, and they
1: well they don't have much capital, and they don't do much with the capital that they have.
0: <laughs> uh, so
1: they're doing something right on the from the coaching staff. Yeah, it must be. Uh, but Baltimore coming in at number two in terms of draft performance uh, or draft return over the last decade. Cleveland's there, San Francisco, Green Bay, Kansas City, New England, Dallas, Pittsburgh, the Rams. So you have some good teams up there. Uh, that are making the the you know making the best of the draft picks that they mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, they're about tenth on the list. And Philadelphia, where is Philadelphia?
0: Oh, they're down there. They're, oh, they're, they're pretty in. right above that's Jacksonville. About, that's about like twentieth or something, maybe even twenty first, twenty second, right there. But look at the last place team there, Ben. The New York. Jets.
1: The Jets are down there. The Chargers are down there. The Bears are down there. The Cardinals are down there. The Falcons are down there. Uh, so that just set, yeah. I mean, essentially what that tells you is that. Not the best company. Yeah. At the bottom. Regardless of, of what capital you have going into the draft, you don't, you know, you're not making good use mm-hmm. of the picks that you do make. Uh, and that's something that I think the New York, both of the New York teams have had problems with. You see the yeah, Giants aren't the Giants too far behind too. either. You know, they they really draft with their hearts rather than their heads, both of these teams. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Next up, return versus capital. Uh, This is really the true test of drafting ability. How much return are you getting uh, for the capital that you have? Uh, So it's not just overall draft performance, not overall draft capital, but taking into account both your draft return and the capital that you had going into the draft. And again, do you see who's number one there? Seattle does good. They
0: do, they do a good job. Seattle, number one, once again.
1: I mean, can you believe—I mean, I I, I wish—that's why I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Like, I did not expect to see Seattle at the top of I mean, not at the top. Both I, categories. I, I, I
0: expect them to be up there, not at the top. But that's why I wasn't so worried with the recent trade that they made for uh, for Jamal Adams. You know, because what it was, it was uh, two. For, uh, was it two first rounders that they had that they that they handed to uh, to the Jets? Two first rounders two and, fr- a third and a third rounder. rounder yeah. So, and we talked about a little bit where they do find uh, you know very good picks late in the draft, and so you know by getting rid of those guys, you know, getting a you know one of the best uh, corners in the league, not a huge deal for them because they always seem to find that guy, and that's how they built the Legion of Boom, right? I mean, it was yeah. it was those late the, those late picks um, where they found the value in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Russell
0: Wilson's obviously, you know, boost this number a
1: little bit getting him back in two thousand and twelve. But that was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting this much return relative to the draft yeah. capital that they have, I mean, I'm, I'm look impressed. At, look at Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's number four.
0: Yeah. Dallas, I, and, and I always criticize Dallas.
1: their draft. Yeah. I yeah. always criticize the Pittsburgh <laughs>
0: drafts. Every fan of every team criticizes their draft no matter what, even if it's the greatest draft. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh, very good. Dallas, I'm surprised Dallas is up there as well. Green Bay, number two. And uh, Philadelphia, down the list as usual. Not surprised, not shocking.
1: Yeah, so I mean, what do you think accounts for that? So, so not only do you not have a particularly large amount of capital, which means you're you're either performing well enough to not have a lot of high round picks, but you're also trading away picks.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In
1: terms of your actual return on investment for the picks that you have, you don't seem to be doing that well. But even no. when you measure it relative to the amount of picks you have, so in other words, you you know you have ten dollars and you got to go to the store and you got to feed your family mm-hmm. with ten dollars. You know, the Steelers might have fourteen dollars to feed their family. Uh, but equaling you know accounting for the fact that we have different amounts of money it looks like still the philadelphia eagles are not doing particularly well you know in terms of return versus capital what, what do yeah. you think of that i mean would, that? yeah man
0: if i knew if the team knew <laughs> i'm sure they would have changed it but i mean it, it, you know they have just been drafting you know sort of mediocre uh for the past well 10 years yeah, and and- it's not even shocking i mean it, it, it's 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 um It's been obvious for the past few years.
1: Yeah, you don't see New England. I mean, New England's about tenth on this list. I mean, they're you know they're they're up there, but they weren't very high on the other. Great coaching staff, though. Yeah, but Green Bay number two. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't. I mean, I guess they've got a lot of great. I mean, they've got some good good dudes on the defensive line right now. You know, made a couple decent picks at running back, couple decent picks at wide receiver, and obviously they took Aaron Rodgers. But that wasn't in the last ten years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was. I just thought it was interesting that Seattle was on uh, the top of these lists. So, you know, I just thought it was an interesting little tidbit, tidbit uh, considering we're two and a half, three weeks or three weeks away from the opening of the season. And I can't believe it. We man. won't be able to talk about these interesting topics anymore. Uh, it'll be talking about the games that are being played, you know, week Finally. To week, which we're obviously looking forward to, but we won't have as much time to, you know, to get into some of these more nitty gritty subjects uh, and, uh, you know, cover them for you. Our fans. <laughs> Friday, you want to take a quick break and we'll finish up the NFL news?
0: Let's take a quick break, Ben. I didn't know there was more NFL news. There's more NFL news.
1: There, well, we can go over the, uh, you know, we could do the receiver groups or the secondary group rankings or we could do it next week.
0: Yeah, We're do it next week. We're 53 minutes in right now, so I, I, maybe we can hold off for next week. What do you
1: think? All right, fans, we'll hold off. Those poor receivers have been hanging out there for a long time for like the last three weeks. We haven't covered that. Uh, but, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back with the next item on the agenda, folks. So hold tight.
0: All right. And we are back and uh, we're going to skip the, uh, the wide receiver rankings, Ben, this week. Um, We have plenty of time until the season begins. That's true. That's another topic for next week. And uh, so next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. Yes. Thank you all so much
1: to the listeners that have been with us for a long time. Some of you have been with us since the very beginning. We see the stats and the analytics, so we know who you are. So thank you all so, so much. And a shout out to all of the new listeners, people that have joined us uh, through the coronavirus pandemic, trapped in your houses or in your cars or somewhere uh, looking for some content, and you've landed on Thurston Gold Podcast, so we're very, very thankful for that. So please keep listening. Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends whiskey and beer reviews and since you're listening tonight tomorrow in your car wherever you're listening to the show uh please consider heading to our website thirsttogold.busproud.com and from there you can subscribe rate and review our show please give us a five star review if you would be so kind uh, and please we're going to give you a little homework uh tonight we're going to give you a homework assignment Uh, This week with the kids back in school, virtually or in person, Uh, please, a little homework. Tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person that you run into or that you correspond with this week. Tell them about our show. Tell them how awesome it is. Grab their phone. Get our show in their podcatcher. And please help us grow the show. We truly, truly appreciate all of our new listeners as well as the folks that have been with us for a long time.
0: Thank you all so much. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, Next up on the big board, Ben, is one of our promos. Is it one promo this week? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been one promo. I figured it'd be one promo. So it's a promo for one of our fellow football podcasters out there.
1: All right. Hold tight, everybody. Check out NY Jets Fans Podcast for all your weekly Jets and NFL news, game previews, and reviews for all Jets games. Join hosts Davin, Shaman, and Chris weekly for all things Jets, NFL, and some laughs also. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. NY Jets Fans Podcast, where Jets and NFL fans come for all things football. All right, folks, that is the new York Jets Fans Podcast. This comes from host Devin, Chris, and Sharman in the Big Apple and New York City diehard Jets fans. And they stick with them through thick and thin. They talk about all the updates you could ever want on the New York Jets, as well as talk about the NFL in general. These guys are knowledgeable, fun, and they don't hold back their opinions, even though a tough year like the last one and the last one, and the last one, and the last one in all of the seasons since Mark Sanchez left the New York Jets. You can find them on Apple Podcasts. Look for a link in the show notes, and you can
0: find them on Twitter, at Jets Fans Podcast. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, your Steelers, my Eagles, sanyas Seahawks. Can you believe it? two or actually almost two full years of the
1: tag team (laughs) news. I am so excited to be talking about our teams for a change. You know, we talk about everything around the NFL, but it's nice to talk about the tag teams, the teams that we like. Uh, I just wanted to talk briefly about a giant snub from the USA today. The USA today predicts, we'll start with the Seahawks. The USA today predicts the Seahawks, will finish 2020 with a 9 and 7 record. Franny what say you how can they how can you possibly have the Seahawks down at 9 and 7. This is a big time snub from the USA today and I'm upset about it.
0: Yeah, I'm just pulling up their schedule right now actually to see who they are going to be playing. Let's take a look here, Ben. All right, so the Falcons, the Patriots, Cowboys, Dolphins, Vikings. I mean, you know, there's there's some tough opponents right there, and their division also seems a little bit stronger this year. You never, you don't know what to expect from uh, from Arizona. Um, They're playing the Eagles. Uh, Oh, they're playing the Jets, uh, Washington football team. Um, Rams, and yeah, I mean, you know what? I would say about ten and six. I want to say nine and seven, maybe, but I would say maybe about ten and six for the Seahawks this year. I mean, you're calling it a snub. It's not too far off from what I. Believe their record will be at the end of the season. What do you think, Ben? I
1: think they're going to win 11 or 12 games.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the writers said a team that
1: excelled amid plenty of smoke and mirrors in 2019, Seattle somehow somehow won 11 times despite outscoring its opponents by by collectively by just seven points. Should have a lot more smoke after acquiring Adam from the Jets. But I mean, this is what we talked about these statistics. I think you know a few weeks back with with Seattle and you know their margin for victory as well as how many times during the season they were behind at the end of the first, the first quarter, the second quarter, how much, how many times they were behind at the end of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. But what matters in this league is winning games and the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they, they, they made their defense a lot better. They have some questions, obviously still on the offensive line. They have some questions, obviously still on the back half of their defense, even with Adams being brought in. But I think nine and seven with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson returning with with Metcalf and Lockett and the rest of those guys that they have over there, along with bringing in Jamal Adams, and seeing how well they did in the draft over the last ten years, so they've got all their draft picks coming in as well. I just think nine and seven in a division with only one decent team in it, well, let's, other let's... than the Seahawks. I think I think is is a
0: little bit of a snub. Yeah, well, let's go down the list. Okay, for the Seahawks schedule. Okay. Uh, all right. So first game, Seahawks, Falcons. Win. Well, Patriots, Seahawks. You don't know what to expect from the Patriots this year. This is pretty interesting. What do you, what do you think? I, I think it's a win. They're playing in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I think it's a win. Cowboys, Seahawks. Win. I hope so. Uh, Seahawks, Dolphins. Win. So basically it you goes know, 16 and 0 this year. Uh, <laughs> the Vikings and the Seahawks Where? playing in Seattle. In Seattle win. All right. And then we have the Seahawks versus the Cardinals in Arizona. Win. All right. Um then we have the Niners at the Seahawks. Loss. All right. Their first loss of the season. Seahawks Bills playing in Buffalo.
1: Oof. That could be a
0: loss. That, that,
1: yeah. I just think because they don't just they don't travel well, especially to the to the Northeast.
0: And uh Seahawks Rams. Win. Cardinals. Seahawks, oh win, easy win, right. oh, no problem, easy win. Seahawks, Eagles in Philadelphia, uh, to the East Coast. It depends.
1: I could go fifty-fifty. <laughs> I could go either way. You're I'm not going to sure. hurt my feelings, Ben. It just depends on if the if, if the Eagles are healthy, it's a it's a loss. If the Eagles are not healthy, it's a well win they haven't finish.
0: been able to do it the last five seasons. So because uh, it's yeah. a, it's a little bit deep into season,
1: so I would say it's a win unless the it's a loss unless the Eagles are are healthy,
0: which they probably won't be after the first week. Uh, Giants, Seahawks. I would expect. The Seahawks to win that game. Win. And then one of your favorite teams, also the Jets versus Seahawks, Ben. Win. All right. And then Washington Seahawks. Win. All right. Rams Seahawks. Win. <laughs> so they basically lost one game, they had two games yeah, they pot, go, potentially. They, yeah. uh, so you're expecting a 15-1 and one season last game, uh, Seahawks-Niners. There'll be a fluke in, loss in there somewhere. In, 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 so it's 13-3 for yeah, the Seahawks. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> yeah. All right what yeah, you, so, you, you think 9 and 7 or 10 and 6 I think 10 and 6 you know I I you know I, look I, they're a good team they have you know top quarterback in the league number 1 or number 2 in the league The running game you know is questionable right now i'm not sure how the running backs are going to return after all the injuries last season um you know the offensive line always a question every single season um you know it's I just don't like the way they start games. It always seems like they're playing from behind, and that's the, the 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 greatest detriment to that team, is is their inability or their unwillingness to throw the ball down the field when they probably should, especially with a cannon that Russell Wilson has.
1: That's true. I mean, they do have. I mean, they have a full complement of running backs coming back healthy, allegedly, yeah. and I think that will help them. As well. I mean, I think with those receivers, with another year under, under Metcalf's belt and then an improved, albeit not spectacular, but improved offensive line, a defense that they've continued to improve in the offseason, you know, given the fact that San Francisco is a juggernaut in that division, but I don't expect much out of the Rams or the Cardinals in that division this year. I think that at 14 and 2, 13 and 3 is a reasonable expectation for the Seahawks this year.
0: All right. You're smiling at me like I like I'm insane. It's possible. I don't believe it, but it's possible. Well, I did obviously. bet
1: the over on Seattle, yeah. so there might be a little bit of uh something going on the uh, the over in terms of the, the the win total for the season, which I think was I think a nine I think it was at nine. Well, looks like it. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes.
0: All right. Next up, fronty. are you wanna take the Steelers or, go or Steelers? The Eagles? Steelers are next up. You wrote it out that way, Ben, so we might as well go there so you're not flipping pages here oh, on the podcast. Big.
1: Benny Snell. Benny Snell is following in familiar footsteps. Six years ago, Le'Veon Bell enjoyed a breakout sophomore season with the Pittsburgh Steelers after shedding weight during the offseason. Four years later, James Conner, the team's current starter, followed suit, earning Pro Bowl honors after significantly improving his conditioning during the first offseason. Snell, by all accounts, has done the same thing during the 2020 offseason while it's only been a week. The Steelers are impressed with what they've seen from their second year running back. During training camp, Snell, who last season checked in at five foot ten and two hundred twenty-four pounds, looks noticeably more fit as he looks to earn more playing time in Pittsburgh's crowded backfield this season. Yet it's true. Benny looks better. Yes, it's true. Steelers running back coach Eddie Faulkner recently said via Ed Boucher of the Atlantic, he has done a lot of running. Oh, running back's been doing a lot of running. He's been doing a lot of running. Shocking. But you can see the work he's put in. The exciting part about it is he did it while being away from us. So you know he had to focus on getting right and getting in the best possible shape he could. So I'm excited about Benny. That is a guy that has passion and loves the game, which is really exciting for me. Uh, Snell, who left left the Wildcats program as the school's career rushing leader, leader, had nearly identical numbers as Connor last season, despite receiving only two starts. Snell made the most of those two starts, rushing for 98 yards and a score in a win over the Bengals and 91 yards and a touchdown in the team's season finale against the Ravens
0: against the Ravens. Yeah, but the Ravens didn't have their starters in the game. So, I mean, that's basically a running against give me, like the give third me something. string. Give me something. He ran all over the Bengals. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. It gives me no no, no love. His hard-nosed running earned him praise from his head coach, Mike Tomlin, near the end of Pittsburgh's Week, t- week 14 win over arizona fronnie What say you about the steelers no connor's gonna get hurt probably hopefully not so we I like need we, I mean, we can't have 10 running backs like you guys do but we need to have a solid running ga- game in pittsburgh <laughs> yeah to be successful i know roethlisberger's coming back i know they're gonna throw the ball all over the field but we got to get back to playing good defensive running the ball soundly mm-hmm. and if snell can do that with connor i i'm, I'm really 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 optimistic yeah. If that can
0: happen, we can, go 12 and, we can go twelve and four. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I want me to pull up the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah, sure. schedule, uh, but with Benny Snell, I wasn't impressed with him at all last season. He was given his chances. Obviously, had those two starts against you know a team that was playing its you know. Bench. He's a rookie. Uh, yeah, whatever, man. I mean, so was Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was a rookie last year too. But well, he yeah, Miles Sanders was a little bit a higher draft pick yeah, than, well, than yeah, Benny Snell. Benny Snell. Snow- I mean, like if you look at his stats from last season, I mean, you know, four hundred twenty-six total yards, three point nine. Average. That's I'll not take a very, it. that's 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 not solid. That's it's not solid, but no, I'll take it. Two touchdowns, three receptions. I mean, this guy has to catch the ball a little bit better out of the backfield. Obviously, he didn't have the best quarterbacks throwing the ball to him. And uh, the Steelers don't well, when they had Le'Veon, they were throwing the ball. Uh, you know, it's well, the backfield he, he, he was back a great yeah, before he, he got was, to the Jets. He was. Uh, but Benny Snell mm, hasn't proven it just yet. But I was very unimpressed with uh, Benny Snell last season. Hopefully James Conner can stay healthy the entire season. Uh, you know, if if it's uh if it's a two man backfield, if they have both. These guys were in the ball, maybe Benny Snell could fill in that role a little bit better than he did as a starter with the numbers that he put up. Not very impressive. Just when I watched the game, he didn't look comfortable with the ball, in my opinion.
1: ah uh, that's all fair, but let me be optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> so finally playing devil's advocate over here. I don't disagree. He did not play particularly well last year, uh, but he also was a rookie, wasn't in the greatest shape of his life. So, you know, but given Connor's injury history the last two, three seasons, you know, I'm 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 hopeful. Uh, that we have something in Benny Snell that we can ride at least through this season or potentially next season because Roethlisberger said uh, this past week that he is looking to win Lombardies plural. So it doesn't look like Ben Roethlisberger is going anywhere anytime soon.
0: Let let me just pull up that that schedule. Let's see. uh, Steelers schedule 2020. All right. So first game of the season. Steelers, Giants, Ben. Win. All right. Broncos Steelers in Pittsburgh. Easy win. Pfft. Easy. Uh John nothing's, nothing's still Easy, John easy in the NFL, Ben. Texans Steelers in Pittsburgh. Loss. W- what what? Uh, yeah, They're not going to go It's too early in the season. Uh Steelers Titans. That's a tough one in Tennessee. Win. Wow, you're, yeah. you're I very mean, confident. The Tennessee
1: Titans were a one-hit one. Hit then
0: we have the Eagles and the Steelers oh, win. playing win. in Pittsburgh. Not yeah, even yeah, Easy, easy. That's a cinch. 40 to 10. You might as well. You know, the Eagles shouldn't even play that game.
1: No, just save Forfeit. your— you, know, you don't want to get injured, so you don't want Mika Fitzpatrick or Devin Bush or Cam Hayward coming at your quarterback, so. Uh,
0: then we have the Browns and the Steelers. Win. All right. Uh, then we have Steelers-Ravens playing in Baltimore. Lost. And then the Steelers and the Cowboys playing in Dallas. Win. All right. I hope so. Uh Bengals, Steelers. Win. Steelers Jags. Win. Ravens at Steelers. We're gonna win that one. All right. <laughs> Washington at Steelers. Well, easy win. Steelers at Bills. Uh at the Bills, we can win that game. Just We're, like last yeah, year. Yeah, we can win Just that like game. last season. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers, Bengals at Bengals. Win. And then the Colts and the Steelers. Philip Rivers coming in to Pittsburgh.
1: Uh, it's a win.
0: <laughs> and then the Steelers and the Browns. At, Last game of the season. Yeah, a uh,
1: win. We're yeah. gonna sweep uh, the Browns right. and the Bengals.
0: So, so thirteen and three. Also for I, th- I think that was mm-hmm. only three losses right there for the Steelers. Yep. And that is if Ben Roethlisberger can stay healthy. Yeah, hopefully. If he
1: stays, I mean, if he can stay healthy, I think we can be twelve and 13-3. and three.
0: All right, all right. You're very, you very, very confident. You disagree? Uh, with some of those, I mean, you know, it's it's um, you know, I would expect them to beat the Giants. Uh, I would expect to beat the Broncos, the Texans. That's a hard game. You think it's gonna be easy? The Tex the Titans, that could potentially be a loss. The Eagles, Steelers, that's gonna be a hard fought game right there. Uh, the Browns and the Steelers. I don't know what to expect from the Browns anymore. Um, but I would expect that to be a win at uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at Ravens. I would expect the Ravens to win that one uh Steelers and Cowboys I think that's gonna be a tough game for the Steelers it'll be tough but oh, I we'll have to that say one. that the Steelers are gonna win that one uh Bengals at Steelers I would expect to win Jaguars Steelers yeah I would expect Steelers to win that one Ravens Steelers that's another tough one I can see a loss in that one Washington uh at Pittsburgh Pittsburgh should win that one Steelers Bills that's a toss-up right there they're playing in Buffalo, that could potentially be a loss. Um, steelers Bengals, I'd say that it's a win. The Colts, you know, also don't know what to to expect from them, what kind of season they're going to have, especially with the new quarterback. Um, But that's going to be a a tough one. They're playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'd say a tie. Uh, And Steelers and Browns. Steelers.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. I would
0: expect them to beat the Colts as but
1: well. But we won eight games with yeah. Duck. No,
0: I, that is true. That is true.
1: With Duck Hodges as our quarterback last year, so I think with, with if we could get eight wins with Duck Hodges, you get some
0: sleigh bells, for Rudolph. Yeah,
1: we we could get twelve wins. With I think Roethlisberger
0: is definitely worth four wins year over year. I, I hope so, Ben. I hope so. But I'm I'm never as confident in my own team as you are with uh I'm I'm more like Sonya.
1: Yeah. And, and, you think you're going to win 6 games yeah, every exactly.
0: year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, maybe maybe not 6. I mean, this year just because our division is so bad, I would expect to maybe go 9 and 7, similar to last season.
1: Yeah, but you got Daniel Jones reinvigorated, <laughs> beefed up. He's been hitting the weights. He didn't pull his peck. You know, he's out there uh, doing doing what he needs to do. He actually looks a lot different this year than he did last year. Daniel Jones looks a lot like A lot less like Eli Manning Mm -hmm. and a lot more like, you know, maybe a young Philip Rivers or even a young Cam Newton. I mean, he looks jacked. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else to add about the Pittsburgh Steelers and poor Benny Snell?
0: Nothing else to add. All right. Can we move on? Let's move on.
1: All right. We got the (laughs) Eagles. The Eagles have had only one backup, or have had backup quarterback Jalen Hurts on the practice field for a little less than a month. But already, they apparently really like what they see. Speaking Tuesday on NFL Network, former Eagles college scout and current NFL analyst Daniel Jeremiah said he has heard the team is blown away by what they have seen from the second round pick so far. I am excited to see what they have to or what they do with Jalen Hurts. All reports I've got out of Eagles camp or that they have been blown away with not only everyone knows how athletic he is, but just how smart he is and how much of a professional he is. He just carries himself like a veteran. Everyone on the team has fallen in love with him, Jeremiah said. He went on to say, how are things go? how are they going to use him? I know Taysom Hill is kind of the template some have used for him, but I don't think he'll get that much volume of touches that Taysom Hill gets. Uh, But I think they'll find spots to use him. Hertz has, been a, Hertz has had a strong start to the padded portion of Eagles training camp. He has looked calm in the pocket, quick when he has decided to run, and displayed the ability to throw a nice, deep ball. He has also been extremely effective in the red zone, running in three touchdowns on Tuesday and throwing for two more this past
0: mm-hmm. Monday. What say you about? Glad to hear it. Your backup plan. Um, your real, <laughs> legit backup yeah, plan. I, know, I mean, He should have been a Steeler. Ben. He was there on the board for the Steelers to take him. You have You know, you know what to expect from your backup quarterbacks. This guy should be your backup quarterback and future quarterback. Um, But it's great to hear that news for the Eagles. Uh, Obviously, he's not going to supplant, you know, Wentz as the starter unless, you know, Wentz, who has an injury history. (laughs) That's putting a a little bit. That's being kind. Just just a little bit. being a little kind. But, uh, you know, I I don't know if I'd feel 100% confident with Jalen Hurts coming in, especially as a rookie. But I wouldn't be worried. You know, I I I wouldn't be terrified if Wentz has to miss a game or two and Jalen Hurts comes in and plays as the backup.
1: Uh, I mean, I think uh, it's—personally, I I like the pick. I didn't have—I mean, especially now that I know how poorly the Eagles tend to draft, regardless of the amount of capital that they have, why not take, you know, a flyer on a quarterback, given the quarterback situation, given— the fact that we're going to play seventeen, allegedly seventeen games, given the fact that we're going to have an alleged, well, we're going to have an expanded playoff. Uh, we're going to go from from 16th to seven mm-hmm. in the playoffs, so that the season can get you know really long, really fast, uh, especially with the expansion in the number of games and the history of injury that Wentz has had, especially deep in the season. I, I mean, I I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited. For the Eagles to have a backup plan because they, I mean, Foles did what Foles did. They won a the Super Bowl. But that's extraordinarily hard to repeat something like that. We saw what happened with McCown.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately,
1: last year, uh, you know, if you had a younger, more, ex- not more experienced, but a younger, just a versatile, more, you know, versatile quarterback, quarterback that
0: quarterback. would have been able to run uh, with the ball. Yeah, he could have, he could have scored there. He probably could have, you know, if, if he had a, you know, You know, quicker legs.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I I just I think it's smart. I mean, we all know how how or everyone that listens to the podcast knows how disappointed I was that the Steelers didn't come up with some kind of a backup plan, a quarterback Mm -hmm. either through a trade or the draft or picking up someone from the XFL. I mean, they could have picked up PJ Walker for nothing. I thought they did. No, no, he's I can't remember where he is, but but they have no plan at the backup quarterback Mm -hmm. position Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. If Roethlisberger goes down in week two or week three, like he did last year, another eight and eight, nine to seven season. If we're lucky. And probably bounce from the playoffs in the first round. So I really, I'm really optimistic about mm-hmm. the Eagles' season with Jalen Hurts yeah, as a as, as a backup, backup. If something were to happen, as it's been known to happen to Carson Wentz, what, what do you want to go through the Eagles' right, we can go schedule? Through their, and, their and I'll, schedule I'll tell their you how they can go thirteen and
0: three as well. <laughs> it seems like all the teams are going to go thirteen and three. Ben, I don't know if it's possible, but you know it's it's definitely not. Uh, but Eagles, Washington, first I'll game. Win. You? It's always tough. I mean, it's always tough against Washington. I don't know what it is about Washington. I mean, their defense is underrated. Um, I would expect a win. They're playing in Washington, but I would expect to go 1-0 and to start the season. And then they have the Rams and the Eagles playing in Philadelphia. That's going to be a tough one. I could see them... Win. I could see it. Yeah. Win. Okay. Okay. 2-0. It's a Rams. All right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's it's easy, uh, Bengals and Eagles playing in Philadelphia. Win. I see that as a as a win myself. And then we have the Eagles and the Niners playing in San Francisco. I Lost. can see that as a loss right there. The Eagles and the Steelers playing in Pittsburgh could go either way. Yeah, but I'll,
1: I'll give them a loss
0: in that one. <laughs> All right, or right, of course. Not biased at all. Nah, not uh, then at we all. have the the Ravens and the Eagles. That's me a tough one right there. I could see that as potentially being a loss as well. Win. And then we have the Giants early at, in the season. Giants I mean. at Eagles. Giants play the Eagles tough. I mean, all the division games are always yeah. difficult. Uh, I could see them eking out a win there. The Cowboys playing at Eagles. I am um, hoping for a win in that one. It's a, it's a win. And then the Eagles and the Giants. Another win. Eagles at the Browns. Win. Hopefully. Seahawks at the Eagles. Unfortunately, loss in that one. I think it's a loss only because of uh, the recent track record against the Seahawks. You know, the past five seasons, the Eagles. Yes, yeah, not not been good. Have not not been, been pretty. Yeah, no, not at all. And then the Eagles at the Packers last season. That game was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if they can pull off another win uh, the same at the way at the Packers. What's the date And on they it? played at the Packers last year, I believe it was, too. Um, that one is in December. It's going to be really cold at Lambeau. I'm going to go. With a, see a I'm going to give them a loss in that game.
1: Yeah. Even if Rodgers isn't there, they got a decent quarterback as and and their backup.
0: Saints at Eagles.
1: Oh, win. <laughs> well, what Bruce will be hey, Bruce won't even be able to throw the ball by that point.
0: Oh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, but I could I'll see that as he be retired by that point. A loss right there. He'll be Eagles, doing a Monday night game by that point. Eagles at Cardinals. Oh win. I would expect them to win, but I just don't know what I don't know what to expect from the Cardinals either this year. Uh then we have More shots
1: of Cliff Kingsbury's backyard. Eagles
0: at Cowboys late win. late. This past season they won, and I'm hoping they could win again. Got to sweep and uh, Washington at the Eagles. I'm expecting a win right there, but not a stellar season for the Eagles. Seems like I
1: think I was 13 and three or 12 and four.
0: Uh I I think it was probably closer to ten and six. I didn't really keep track of that, but you know, well yours was it's, ten it's, and six. Mine it, was probably more probably like closer to nine and seven or even eight and eight. Uh <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not as as optimistic and as high on the Eagles. I never am. I'm always very pessimistic when it comes uh to the Eagles. Um, that's just the kind of fan that I am. Um I mean I wish them all the best every single season, and I will root for them whether they're 0 and sixteen or sixteen and zero. it doesn't matter. I love to watch those green helmets take the field, but Ben, I don't know how you're always so high and so optimistic about your team, because every Sunday after they play, there's a lot of profanity oh, coming of out course. of your mouth after. a lot of after. text messages after. coming in. Yeah, this motherfucker. I can't believe this guy did it. I can't. It's like text message after text message on Sundays at how bad and how terrible they are.
1: Well, I mean so, I mean I look at it like Christmas morning right I mean you, you you I mean especially as a little kid you're walking down the stairs you expect you're so hopeful you expect to get something really really awesome you expect to get you know you know these expensive amazing gifts uh but you know you get down there and you realize you know it's the 1970s it's your parents the, don't make very much money not the choo choo so train so you that I so you got so you get what you get but you know and I was happy to have it I was happy to get what I got yeah uh, but when I woke up, brat. when I woke up, I was, you know, I was so excited. And that's how I want to. I, I want to be as excited as I can possibly be before the season starts, mm-hmm. because once the season starts, it's nothing but, you know, screw this guy, how you know, fire Finkner, fire, <laughs> fire, fire Butler, fire everybody on the team, fire Mike Tomlin. Uh, it gets a little, you know, caustic yeah. pretty fast. So I, I mean, Mike be...
0: Tomlin should have been fired at least 13 times yeah. by now if it was up to you but it's a good thing they haven't five. Luckily him. they don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> There's other people that make a lot of money not to make that decision. Exactly. All right, Franny, can we move on? Yes, Ben, let's move on. All right. What's next up on the big board? Uh next up on the big board, Ben, is your feel good story. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our feel good story. All right, and we are back with Ben's feel-good story of the week. Scouring the interwebs for positivity
1: (laughs) about the NFL. All right, this week we have a beautiful feel-good story from Rashawn Evans. Out of, I love the towns in, uh, in Alabama, from Lochapoca, Alabama. Uh, former Auburn High football player Rashawn Evans has gone off to do great things in his NFL career, but he hasn't forgotten about his local community back home. That much was evident on Friday when Evans Foundation gave back to the Lochapoca High School football team. Evans Foundation, the Razor Foundation, worked in conjunction with Evans' endorsement deal With Adidas to donate just over $40,000 worth of equipment for the Indians football team, the equipment included a backpack, two pairs of cleats, a compression shirt, gloves, and socks for every single player on the team. While Evans was not able to attend Friday's event, while he's at camp with the Tennessee Titans, his parents, Shanavis and Alan Evans, were on hand in Lochapoca to celebrate the occasion. It feels really great, Mom said. My son provided this equipment through the endorsement with Adidas. It gives us a great pleasure to see the smile on the faces of the players. We wanted to be able to give something back. Uh, this was an opportunity for us to give back to the Locha community, and we're hoping that they have a great football team and a great season this fall. We hope this equipment we provided for them will help to reach the goals they're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So what say you about? Rashawn
0: Evans donating to his yeah, no, local
1: small town football team that probably awesome. is I'm struggling sure, yeah. a little bit they to find funds.
0: They probably, like you said, like they probably don't get a lot of funding. So this is great that he could, you know, donate that much money so they can buy their equipment. I mean, this could potentially change a kid's life. You yeah. Know? I mean, you know, if it's just one out of whatever, 53 kids uh, on the football team there. If it's just one of them that goes on, what the heck is on my head? There's something flying uh, around on my yeah, head right now. I, I it flew away. It was just a little green bug. Uh, oh, oh, geez. Oh, no, it's a moth. It's oh, okay. A moth. I thought it was maybe a bee. You, you've been stung no, no, before. No, I I'd, I'd save you from uh, the bee. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it could change, you know, one kid's life out of those 53. Because of this donation, he could definitely change a life.
1: Absolutely. And we're really, really happy for Locha Poca and Rashawn Evans Thank you all so much for what you do out there in the community. Not everybody has to be Antonio Brown. Not everybody has to be Earl Thomas. You can actually play football and do good things for your community. It doesn't have to be all negativity, all about yourself, all the time. But it's, his it's, parents
0: went down there. Not as interesting on social media when you do something positive. It's all the negative stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So get off your social media and get on <laughs> to the Thirst and Gold Pockets. <laughs>
0: All right, Friday. what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the Ooh, week. Oh, everybody's favorite segment. We're moving into our drinking portion of the show. And first up, we have our shot of the night. And it's similar to what we had a few weeks ago, Ben, but we're such big fans of Mango. I guess, <laughs> but this shot was inspired once again by Tipsy Bartender. Um, you know the ingredients aren't exactly the same. I changed it up just a little bit. Um, there's some variances and you know on what they have on Tipsy Bartender and what I have here on the table. Um, but it is some Patron Ooh, tequila, a little bit of a mango puree, a little Ooh, bit of lime, puree, puree, not the juice, not Actual the juice. Puree. I couldn't find the juice; it wasn't there. So I got the See, puree. Well, puree is, is yeah, more just, high quality. It, well, you just don't pour as much in. It. It because it is thick and more syrupy um, but you definitely get that you know that nice mango flavor we got the lime juice in it as well to add a little bit of sourness to it and then we also have a couple of drops of cholula to add a little bit of yeah, spice Ben I know baby. you like those spicy shots it. and then on the rim Ben one of your favorites Tahin. that'd be it you can't
1: drink a shot without it <laughs> I mean I, I, if it's got tequila in it I know, I'm worried if it's I'm got
0: vodka now. in it Tahine. Yeah, if it's like, got rum in it, not tahine. I mean, whenever I put a shot together and I'm like, can I can I put tahine on the rim of this? I mean, you that that, that, that butterfinger shot, I don't know if the tahine would have helped that shot. It would go with the butter. It would go with the butterfinger. <laughs> it's salty
1: and sweet and spicy. I mean, all of those things go together. Rum, I don't know if I'd go with the rum with the tahine, but with vodka, tequila,
0: yeah. You I know, mean, any it, of those, any of the clear liquids? Yeah, definitely with the, well, rum could, yeah, it's, it's, they also have the clear one too, but it's a little bit too sweet, possibly. Um, but, uh, I mean, the shot is, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it has that nice sort of golden yellow color. There's, uh, you know, an image on Twitter and on Instagram that you'll find uh, later. It's actually already on Instagram. Um, but uh, it is a very nice shot, Ben. I'm excited to try it. I know uh, Sonya threw one back earlier and she enjoyed she it. She did enjoy the shot, but is also a mango lover. And uh, the shot of the night is dubbed "It Takes Two to Tahingo. Oh, Ooh, dang. very nice! <laughs> Who came I, up with the name? Actually, Lauren. Lauren. Ah. Lauren came up with it. You know, I mean, she was very excited that she came up with it. She, it was very clever. I'll give her that. I would have never thought about it. I'm not good at coming up with the names for the shots, just coming up with the shots. Yes, yeah, our my, my, right. my,
1: my stepdaughter Sonya's daughter. Yeah, and uh, very very smart.
0: Yeah, and and Ben is is uh is good at coming up with shots, just not putting them together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's uh you know all the ingredients are there, but it's uh it just doesn't look like it does in the picture.
1: And I also cracked up my can of Genesis. Yeah, From Rochester,
0: New York. Well, Ben, these have been chilling in the fridge for the past, uh, you know, hour and a half. So they're nice and cold on this hot summer night. And uh, let's give it a shot. All right, let's let's do it. Oh, that's good. Oh, wow, that's good. Actually, the tahini is actually very good on the rim. It gives it a little bit of extra... (laughs) Zest. That's the a good shot because it was spicy at first. That little bit of tahini on the rim that hit my tongue. It was it was it was a nice change in flavor from that spice to that zing. Oh, that was very mm.
1: very good. Mm.
0: That was good. Mm. I mean, I'm that was an it exceptional
1: shot. I'm looking off the rim just like you, Ben. I mean, it just. I mean, the, the hot sauce with the Cholula or with, with, the, the, with uh, the mango the tahini
0: with the mango with mm-hmm. the with the and the patron with the tequila is actually uh it's smoother than the yeah, uh the silver or whatever it was. No, it was it was I forget what it was now. I can't remember the um El Padrino. It was the El okay. Padrino, so it's it's not uh a highly priced uh tequila. It's good for mixing, but with the patron in this shot, it's um added a little bit of extra smoothness that we haven't been used I like to. It with the, the other tequila so yeah i mean it was good very yeah, that's a very good, good one that's a good one it's easy to put together you know you just put in the shaker shake them up uh i mean you can add shake the tahini if you want i mean you it, can put the tahini on down. the side if you want to just uh uh have uh, some you know lemons or limes sliced up you know kind of dip the tahini in there so once you swallow the shot you kind of bite into the lime or lemon whatever oh, you have yeah that would be a good one too yeah oh,
1: but that was really really good what was
0: in that again all the ingredients it was uh tequila um, it was either, you can use mango puree or, um, you know, mango juice or, you know, mango nectar, whatever you want to use. Um, and a little bit of lime juice, uh, with a few drops of Cholula, shake it up, put some tahini on the rim or on the side. Good to go. Oh, really good. And on our thirst and goal rating
1: scale of shots mm-hmm. from zero being, you know, a straight shot yeah. of rum <laughs> to 10 being some of the better shots we've had. Where would you put this one? I
0: would say an eight. I would say this is an eight. I mean, it was actually, um, there was a lot of complexity to this shot. It had um, it had the hot, the sweet, the sour. I mean, it had everything going for it. And then that, that little bit of tahini on the finish was the icing on the cake. Yeah, that was really, really good. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. I'm not I'm not shocked. I thought you were going to give it a 10 whenever there's any tahine on the rim. Well, the other one I
1: think the other one had jalula and tahine yeah, and actually, a mango slice on the side. Yeah. That was a hard
0: one to top. Yeah, well, I mean, this time around, for the rim, I just used lime juice, and I and I uh, layered uh, the tahini on top of that. That one actually had the cholula around the edge with the tahini on top of that, so it was spicy. Oh, so that was yeah. yeah,
1: That maybe that's why I like yeah, that one. That was probably my—one of my all-time favorites was the one that you did with the mango slice with the cholula and the tahini around the rim. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what was actually inside the glass.
0: Uh, it was uh, also the mango nectar. I think it was—it uh, might have been vodka, not tequila, that time around. Uh, but I think that's all it was with vodka and the mango um, with uh, Cholula and Tahin. Oh, man, that was good. That was a good one. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the Ooh, night. we're and looking forward to this one. Me and you are so excited. And I mentioned it last week on the podcast that I would try to pick some of this stuff up if they had it at Total Wine. And they did. They had it. It is the bag, Wee Beastie 5-year-old Islay, Scotch, Whiskey, and Ben, I'm sure you have some more information for us. I do, indeed. I mean, this
1: is, you know, folks that have listened to the podcast before know that we are a big fan of the Isla Scotches out of a tiny, tiny little slice of Scotland. Uh, They make some of the best Scotch on the planet. This is the Ardbeg Wee Beastie. It's a monster of a dram, Ardbeg Wee Beastie is the latest permanent expression to join the distillery's ultimate range. At just five years old, Wee Beastie is a feisty young creature with a formidable taste. Something big and smoky. Uh, the whiskey creators set out to make the rawest, smokiest Ardbeg ever. The result is Ardbeg Wee Beastie. And this tongue-tingling, beautifully smoky dram is the youngest Ardbeg they've ever made. On the snout... Intense aromas of cracked black pepper mingle with sappy pine resin in a sharp tang of smoke. Suddenly, an explosive mouthfeel burst forth with chocolate, creosote, oh yeah, and tar. Savory meats sink into the palate before the long, salty, mouth-coating finish slinks away, revealing the inner beast of this Isla icon. Young and intensely smoky, this is a dram untamed by age. Matured in ex-bourbon and Oloroso sherry casks, We Beastie is perfect for enjoying neat, or as the mouth-watering main ingredient in a powerfully smoky cocktail. Uh, The non-chill filtered is at, what, 47.4%, so it's almost 100 proof. Uh, The color is a glint of bright gold. I mean, the light color Mm. of these is really shocking. Uh, The aroma... The first sniff alerts you to a nearby presence. Heightened senses are filled with the bright, fresh herbal notes, creeping hints of vanilla and pear. Rich Turkish coffee mingles with sappy pine resin, with honey glazed ham lurking in the background. With water, more herbal top notes like vetiver and fennel captivate and pull you in, while beguiling sense of aniseed, great or green apple and leather cause you to drop your guard to taste. Suddenly, a rich, explosive mouthfeel bursts forth with chocolate, creosote, and tar. A blast of eucalyptus thrashes about with antiseptic lozenges and aniseed. The raw, smoky intensity gathers pace before smoked bacon and savory meats sink into the palate. I think they might have overdid it with yeah, the yeah. amount of things you can taste in here. Yeah, uh, The finish is long, salty, mouth coating with hints of cocoa and fudge slinking slowly away. I can't even name the number of things <laughs> that I'm supposed to taste in this, so I doubt I will taste them all. Uh, but I'm,
0: just, I'm that, sniffing that, this thing that, right now. That, they, they, they sold this one. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, they're but selling I mean, It has, it has high re- I mean, a lot of people that have reviewed this... Have have given it stellar ratings. I mean, a lot of folks like that it is not as mature as the ten year. We also had the the Uguidal. I don't even know how you how you pronounce that, um, which was also very good. Uguidal. I don't know, but that one was also very delicious too. Um, You know, some of the other ones that they also have out there, I forget exactly which ones they are. I mean, they get up in price pretty quickly. This one is about forty. $45, $46, $45, 46 you know, for about $3 or $4 more, you can get the 10-year as well. But I was so excited to try this one because we like that smoky. We like that PD, And I think this one just slaps you across the face with all of that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, what made you want to buy this one, purchase this one? What did you – what was in your mind when you went and you oh, purchased this?
0: Well, we both enjoy it, Ben. We both enjoy these types of uh, whiskeys, um, just that, that, that smokiness that uh, – that Creosote that that they um explained so so nicely in there. Cause I didn't even think about creosote. But when you think about creosote, you're like, that is sort of what I'm getting with these sorts of whiskies. It's almost like drinking a um uh ash from a fire. Yeah I mean that's kind of what, like it, a- what it's what it's like. And it, it doesn't seem appetizing, you know, for a lot of folks that have not had Islay whiskies. You know, it's it's definitely an acquired taste. And me and you obviously didn't like it at first. But well, of, you it, didn't it, like it. it of, you forced yourself to like it. I don't think you liked it either. You were just trying to show that you were a man, and I like this stuff. Um, but you know, I'm glad that we that we Ooh, stuck. That was
1: below the belt. That we
0: stuck to literally. It. <laughs> 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 that we stuck to it, um, and and we 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 thoroughly enjoy you know all of the Islay scotches that we've had. I mean, the Ardbegs, the Balmorey, the Lagavulin. Um, what was that one in the black bottle? Um, Oh, the Port Charlotte. The Port Charlotte was delicious heavily and peated. creamy. Oh my god, that one was so delicious. Um, but I mean, we, we've we've enjoyed every single one. We had that that Pete Monster a few weeks back from Compass Box. That one was also very good too. Um, but Ben, let's give this a sniff. Let's, let's see if we get all of those notes coming through. I, which I don't I think highly that's doubt possible. Yet. But
1: I mean, creosote. I mean, just brings me back to when I was a kid. I mean, because we grew up in the cold weather, and I think creosote. I think cancer. Yeah. <laughs> because that's you
0: know you no, know I think a, I think of the You're not supposed log. to
1: burn it and, and smell it. You're not supposed to touch it if it's on a telephone pole, because they use it to uh, preserve things, yeah. preserve wood and preserve railroad ties and those types of things. And it's 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 highly toxic. It's essentially what's left inside your chimney after you've burned wood in it for yeah. a significant period of time. But the smell of it.
0: Is amazing, but it's, it's pretty it's pretty crazy that I mean it's just you know it comes from the water that they use on the island and the bogginess and everything. I mean it's it's you know whenever I try another you know any other Scotch you know a space side, whatever side, those are smooth. They're easy to drink. They're you, Too know, smooth. you get the honey, you get the vanilla, you get some really nice flavors coming through, but they just don't have the complexity of, of exactly. These. Yeah, but let's give us a let's sniff. let's give it and, a sniff. Man. You get that smokiness. Oh, that's good. I'm not getting all those all the, you know, the scents that they that they noted in in uh in the profile, but
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I get uh vanilla, pear, coffee, <laughs> pine.
0: I'm getting a little no, I'm getting some some meat. some sweetness once you get past that the smokiness and the peatiness, a little bit of sweetness as well. Um Oh yeah, you, I mean it's it, it it burns the nostrils. Oh, but if it you burns get, if so too, good; if it's, get, it's almost hundred yeah. proof, right? So yeah. It's,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm getting a lot of spirity, a, little, a lot of spirit on the nose. A little bit of of almost apricot plum, you know, like that. I mean, I'm getting what I look for, which is the peat, the smoke, the creosote. What you want?
0: This is what you want.
1: The tar. I get. A, I mean, I can smell the tar in there. Hmm.
0: It smells so Almost good. Almost
1: smells like a, a a newly paved road surface <laughs> yeah. in the summer, but it's not as. I mean, it's peaty, but it's the the peat isn't actually as pronounced as it would be, or it has been on the Arbeg Ten. I mean, the, I don't think the peat is 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 forward facing.
0: Yeah, but I'm also getting a lot of fruity notes once you get past the the smokiness and the peatiness. You get a little bit. Of, I don't know if it's apricot or pear or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I can't that. tell what
1: it is, but it's there.
0: Let's give it a shot, Ben. I'm excited to try this. Cheers. Here we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. That is good. I mean, I like that it has that wow. extra kick. It's got a nice, punch spicy punch at the at back the, of the throat. Ex- yeah, and that's something that the 10 does not have as it has, much of It's yeah. a little bit smoother. It has the flavor,
1: the flavor notes. You know, this one's actually, dare I say, this one is more complex. Yeah, I'm getting
0: that sort of... I'm getting a deeper flavor profile on this the one. The plum. I, can't, I don't know if it's plum or apricot. There's, there's there's definitely a A fruitiness at the finish. It has a little bit of sweetness. You know, obviously, you're getting that... Um, the smokiness as well, um, and, and a little bit of that spice on the finish. But you also get a nice um, creaminess, too. There There's a nice creaminess. Ooh, yeah,
1: and it, and it holds.
0: Yeah, it, it does. It kind of sticks It with holds you. in
1: your mouth. I mean, it's it, still there on the back of my mm-hmm. throat, on the back of my tongue. I mean, I'm getting that nice, smoky... Creosote, Tara, whatever it is. I'm getting that nice smoke on the back of my throat. It's, slight, it's actually still it's finding its way slowly towards the
0: back of my throat right now. There's a slight leatheriness to it, too.
1: Oh man, that's that, that might be better than the 10. Or it's just like more, more speed, more speed. So the R bag was was it yeah. was really Intense. You're like that's yeah, yeah. not intense enough.
0: Yeah, I mean even even on the uh, on the bottle on um I mean the graphics right here, they have little claw marks. You know, sort of uh, you know um on the side right here, Ben. I don't know if you can see it because it's kind of turned around, but I see those little little claw marks. It's a, oh yeah, it's a little wee, it's wee beastie. I mean, it's, it's like it's, a wolverine. It's really it's mean. It's a mean. It is a mean <laughs> little Eile. I'm not, I get Scotch. the
1: eucalyptus a little bit. I'm not really getting the, the, the aniseed and the lozenges, but I do get a lot of complex flavors coming through here.
0: But man, if, if you like, if you like, Islay scotches this, this is
1: right up there with the Port Charlotte, I think.
0: Uh, the Port Charlotte was smoother, I would say. And it was a little more creamy. This one has some cream, you know, the mouth feels a little creamy. Um, but this is this almost is, as good of a, yeah,
1: a vanilla as I think we've, I mean, we had, had the, like, we, in, we had the Port Charlotte, we had the, mm-hmm. the Ardbeg 10, we've had the Baumore, we've had the, there's another one we had that I can't recall off the top of my head, but we've yeah. had a,
0: a bunch we, of we, them. We've had quite a few and, and, you know, we always go back to the Islay scotches because we we do enjoy them so much. And, and uh, Ben, for post-production, uh, this is your go-to scotch. Well, not this one, but all the Isleys. Yeah, yeah. But this will probably be your go-to post-production um, uh, scotch of the night. Yeah,
1: I think the only two bottles that I polished off myself uh, in one night. <laughs> one, maybe not one, <laughs> night, but polished them off in fairly short order were the Port Charlotte mm-hmm. and the bag. the Ardbeg Ten. The rest, I think, are still in there. The Lagavulin, I think, is still in there. Oh, the Balmorey might be. Yeah, mine. the
0: Lagavulin is that one's done too. Yeah, is it? Yeah,
1: but I mean, I know I polished that Port Charlotte off fairly quickly, as well as the the Arbeg 10 mm-hmm. took me a little while to
0: like a couple of Arbeg 10s actually yeah, yeah. so there you go yeah, yeah. so more than one <laughs> uh, the, Oh, no it was, i think there's still a 10 in there i think it's the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the U- ugual or whatever i don't know i don't know oh yeah that. but yeah, got it one. buried behind all the yeah, other yeah, yeah. ones Yeah she can't. doesn't want she doesn't want you drinking this cuz she could smell it on you the next day it's coming out of your pores I can taste it the she next can, day yeah, yeah. i mean she she could smell the smoke coming from your pores mm. from the sweat god
1: that is good
0: wow yeah, that that is a very good scotch right there, and I see why. It I'm begging. Has I mean, I even get a little bit of the salt. Ratings.
1: My mouth is a little dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of the salty mouth finish.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not
1: getting the chocolate as much, but I think maybe if I stop talking and <laughs> bored
0: our audience to tears, I could probably find it. Yeah, for silent for about five minutes. Take another sip. Mmm, that's, that's good. good. That Holy is good shit. stuff. Yeah, that is good. That What's is the real- the
1: price point on that?
0: Uh, about forty five bucks, you know, forty five. It's up is, there. Uh, well, it's I mean, for a scotch, not bad. I mean, for a five year scotch, I mean that's that's a little, you know. Usually the the ten year old scotches are around that price point, or twelve year old scotches are around that price point, unless you're going for the Glenlivet twelve, which is about twenty five bucks or so. Um, but yeah, usually, usually, you know, the twelve year, that fourteen year Glenlivet that we had, that was also around that same price point, forty five, um which was also very good. But this one, I would say, is is better if, if you're into oh, this type yeah. of scotch. I mean, if you want something smooth that goes down easy, um, then maybe it's not scotch for you. But if you really like Islay's and you want it to knock you in the back of the throat, this is, this is some good stuff right oh, here.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's got a beautiful, beautiful mouthfeel. It's got, you know, a finish that doesn't go away yeah, quickly. So if that's something you're hoping for, this is not the scotch for you. Uh, I happen to like it. If it lingers in my mouth for a long period of time. I've heard rumors. Yeah. So, you know, keep it in there for as long as you'd like. Uh you know, it tastes it tastes really good. Uh, but this is a really good, you know, a really I mean for five years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I I can't wait to visit the Aye, that's the Isla one. of Isla. Hi, this is a good one. Oh, Hi. this is a very good Scotch. Uh, Seamus. <laughs> I'm not sure Seamus is an actual Scottish name.
0: But so uh, where would you rate this, Ben, on our rating scale of you know, our Browns or just Scotches? Uh just across the board I'd give it a nine. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say nine as well. I I mean I I this might be better than the ten. I mean there's just it, it's, uh, it's just more complex than the ten, I think. It seems like you know, the 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 tend has offers a little more smoothness to it, but more I I, I, I more kind smokiness. of like the way it has that sort of not rough finish, but it lets you know that it's not so mature. You know, I mean, it, I, I, I kind of like that, uh, on the finish. So that's, that's, uh, definitely has a leg up right there. Yeah, man. I think the art bag is, I mean, it's got the smoke, it's got the peat,
1: but this one hits you harder. It's got, I, 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 I think it's got a deeper profile of flavors than mm-hmm. the, than the Ardbeg 10, but mm-hmm. it's not but it's probably supposed to. Mm-hmm. The 10 is supposed to be smoky, peaty, refined, much more smooth because it's a 10 year. But this is really freaking good.
0: I know. I mean if we ever visit the island of Isla, Oh, we will. Um I'm I'm just going to grab some bog water and drink it because <laughs> I mean this is this is I mean obviously you know it's not age but Damn, that's some good flavor coming from that that water that they have there in Isla. And this is why we have to
1: protect the planet, for crying out loud, yeah. you know, for whatever any other reason out there. But only, the if only to protect the Isla scotches, <laughs> you know, protect the planet. If you don't want to do it for any other reason, do it for this reason, because this, those waters on this island have to remain as pristine as they are. Yeah. The peat bogs. And, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm shocked that they're able to produce as much as they are. Although I don't know how many people actually buy these scotches. Oh, they're
0: they're they're popular, but you know, but I mean, not, not everybody that's, that's a scotch drinker likes the They like the smoother stuff. But you know, we we sort of gravitated towards you know the smoky peaty, more interesting Oof, in my opinion, good. scotches. This is good. Yeah.
1: And what was the rating at uh, at Total Wine when you got it?
0: I didn't even look at it. I just saw it on the shelf. I'm like, I'm grabbing this shit. I'm out. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I figured it would be good. I didn't even look to see if there was any sort of rating. I just, you know, grabbed it off the shelf and I walked out of there with this because. Was it locked I, up I, or no? Oh, no. No, it's out there on the shelf, you know.
1: Yeah, see, they lock up the stuff that you're supposed
0: to think is good. Well, I mean, and well, a lot of it is, but well, a lot they, of it's pretty meaty. A lot of too. the stuff, actually, they don't lock up a lot. Well, actually, there's some scotches that they do lock up, but. um. Cognacs, a lot of cognacs, even the lower priced cognacs, even like the Hennessys that are not even that high in price, that are around the forty five dollar range, those for some reason are locked up. Cognac, yeah, cognac. I mean, you like? I think you like cognac like more cognac. than I do. I, I like, I like, I like cognacs. Yes.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I, mean, I do like it. It's got that sort of sweet raisiny flavor that it,
0: it, sweet notes. At the right time,
1: yeah. You know, I mean, especially in cold weather. I think in, in, cognac in cold weather. I might prefer it to this, actually, if it's really cold I might cold prefer out. this in
0: cold weather. Uh, but but and a uh, yeah, nice so cold was... day on the island. Just grab uh, a little bit of Ardbeg. Isn't... Sit back, relax with Seamus at the bar. Oh, Seamus. But isn't <laughs> every day a cold day on the island? <laughs> isn't every day cold here? I, I was out there tending the sheep. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my uh border collie ran away. I don't know where she went. Lassie, Lassie. <laughs> Lassie ran away, and now all the sheep are wandering. They're wandering all about
1: the island. Hope, uh, but uh, but it's Scotland, so they're going to bring them back. Uh, I mean, my my neighbors will bring them back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, they aren't lost forever. So let's have a bottle of hardback. They Willy, will come back. Willie started yelling at me. He's like, <laughs> "You're you're a sheep all over my farm. They're eating they're eating all of my grass. The grass won't grow. It rains <laughs> every day, but the grass won't grow. I don't think they have a problem with that at all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no. Um, but before we get too annoying with our <laughs> Uh, if those are Scottish accents, I'm not even sure. Uh, Mine is doubtful. Nine for me, nine for you, Ben. This is an excellent offering from Ardbeg. Everything that we've tried so far from Ardbeg has been excellent. And there's some other offerings that are they are just up there in price. You know, Eventually, we'll get to those as well. Uh, but everything that we've tried so far has been great. All right, folks. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week all right hold
1: tight everybody we'll be right back right back with our sorry <laughs> i'm hiccuping bag right now
0: and grimacing we'll be right because back. you're in pain yeah, still
1: i am in a little bit of pain so we'll be right back with our beer of the week
0: All right, and we are back with our beer of the week. We just grabbed it from the cooler. It's been chilling for the last couple of hours. We threw it in there while we were bottling our own beer. Uh, but we have a German offering for the past couple of weeks. I believe we did try some domestic beers, right, Ben? I mean, several. I, I believe, yes, we did. Um, and it was an IPA. A couple of IPAs in there. Uh, so I figured let's go with something a little bit light, lighter. Uh, so we have a pilsner from. Deutschland. This is from Germany. It's from Dinkelacker
1: Brewery, which also brings me back to my childhood. Uh, We used to buy Dinkelacker mini kegs, which held about a gallon and a half of beer. And we would each buy one, take it out to the woods, as Franny likes Uh. (laughs) to say, or by the river or next to the stream or on a bridge uh, overlooking the river and drink uh, each of us would drink one of the uh, one, one of the mini kegs ourselves uh but that was dinkel acker's original pilsner which is a very good offering actually so this is actually from dinkel Eccle brewery although there's not a lot of information or any information on their website uh so this is the please bear with us folks the schwaben Brau das natur Troubet. Yeah, Something like that. It's very something like that. Schwaben, Braun, das <laughs> There you go. Exactly. Finally, he's been to all of the Germany. You've been, you've been to Germany or no?
0: Only at the airport. No, I mean, you know, Austria a few times here and there, but not Germany. So this is a German Pilsner. It pours
1: a, a pale yellow, golden hue, crackery, grainy malt aromas, along with earthy, grassy, noble hop notes, malts up front in the flavor. Matched by herbal hop, notes leading to a mildly bitter finish. So it's from Dinkelacker. The country is Germany. The beer type is lager. It's a German pilsner. Uh, The taste is crisp, floral, grassy, and biscuity. Uh, The body is light bodies, although I can't... And light body, I'm not sure what the...
0: Alcohol? What's the content? I think it's about 5%. I believe it is 5% because I looked... Um, yeah, five percent, five percent. Okay. So it's
1: not crazy low, but also, right yeah, in, I mean, for it's, a, it's right in the middle, range. Yeah. For
0: a Pilsner, it's around there. You know, I mean, it's usually around, you know, 4.5 to 5 percent, maybe just over that, but that's, that's within the ballpark. How would you describe the color, Friday? Uh, well, this one, it, it's hazy. Um, it doesn't look like it is filtered. I don't think this one is, uh, filtered. Um, so it's a nice, hazy, uh, golden. It looks like, um, I don't want to say piss but if if you haven't had if if uh you haven't had if you're on water vacation with bear for growth. a while <laughs> and you go to the bathroom uh that sort of hazy yellowness that you get from uh from you know a pee that um you're not very well hydrated for. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure why you would filter a beer. I mean, I know they love the cold filtering
0: in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Whatever can make it the most maybe.
1: bland you can possibly make it.
0: Miller Genuine Draft, cold filtered. Cold filtered. Always cold, never warm. Yeah,
1: exactly. Even <laughs> when you leave it in your summer nah, backyard, cold. it's still cold. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the non-filtered beers, I think, have a much better flavor profile. They look better. They, they uh, you know, They, they smell better. And they have a better flavor. So we'll see what this one. But I, I agree with uh with Frane's, you know, analysis. It really mm-hmm. but it also has a little bit of a a little bit of a honey color to it. Yeah, a
0: little bit. Um, but let's give us a sniff, Ben. I can't smell much. Yeah, it's not a very strong smell. It's almost there's a little bit of uh sourness to it. Um maybe yeasty. It's got a little yeasty, biscuity uh nose, but it's... Are, are you just reading off the internet right now? <laughs> it, but, it, but that's what I'm As beginning. you sniff it, you're looking at the computer. So has... has uh, <laughs> a, a, a porous, a pale yellow, golden? <laughs> it, it, is it's it from Germany? $3.99? <laughs>
1: I'm not sure. Is it from Germany? It,
0: it smells like five stars. Yeah. But it's it's... It has not much on the nose. Yeah, not much. I mean, there's not a lot coming through. Um, but definitely, I mean, there is, you know, is not, not knocking what had- you just said, but it has a little bit of biscuitiness to it. It's almost like that, that, um, sort of, uh, dry, uh, tea biscuit sort of scent. Right. But it's interesting because last week we the had the one dry, from yeah. Alvarado Street
1: Brewery. The mm-hmm. smell, the
0: nose was so oh. nice.
1: It was hoppy and citrusy and beautiful. Yeah. And then the flavor was so dank, bro.
0: No, it was beyond dank. It was interesting. I'm. Mean, it was a unique flavor that you I'd, don't get from a lot of beers. That's why I rated it higher than you did. I mean, I'd have I give to it drink a, more of them. It. Maybe I it's give like it an a, art
1: bag. I'd be mean, just drinking nothing yeah. but that.
0: I give it a seven. You give it a four. Um. But I mean, I, there was just so many flavors coming through. It seems like they just mixed the the uh, the IPA with you know, some other beer that they had there on, on hand, but I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, it's not something that I would sit back and drink all day, but it's definitely a beer that you want to just, yeah, give a shot. Yeah. To. just
1: the, the, it, But the flavor did not match the nose at all. It mm-hmm. wasn't even in the same <clears throat> universe. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, yeah, this one, not, not too much on the nose. Let's see how it tastes though, Ben. All
1: right. It's uh-huh. cracked open. Let's give it a taste.
0: Even though it's a Grolsch type bottle, but yeah, exactly. we'll crack it open. And it's a nice bottle. I mean, it is is—it is definitely very nice. And it's a large bottle. It's very light. Understated. It's very light. Wow. Has a little bit of Christmas to it. I mean, this is something that you drink. A
1: little bit of Christmas.
0: It's something that you drink on a hot summer day in Munich, if those exist. Um, but it's definitely something that you would drink, you know, here. It's it's almost like a lawnmower beer. I mean it's it's definitely something that you could drink a lot of. Um not much flavor to it. It is extremely not light. much
1: flavor at all, really.
0: Yeah. Interesting. But I mean you could I mean you could just, just take a big gulp of it, Ben. You know, uh, just, a just, uh, just a big ass gulp. Just a big ass gulp. Just drink it down. Pretend like you just mowed the lawn. It is hot outside. I think when you take a big gulp of it that's kind of what it's meant for it's not yeah it's it, not go, meant, it goes down it goes down very easily easy. it's very hydrating yeah <laughs> but
1: is. you can't really get um your eyes aren't going to water from this even if you take a you know three or four or five yeah big gulps in a row oh no,
0: yeah you could drink you could probably pound this whole bottle right here. Without you know having your eyes water from the carbonation, I wish there was maybe just a little bit more carbonation. Honest, not always much, in
1: search of the carbonation. Not
0: much head on it, and the head that was there was a little creamy. Sir was Edmund
1: nice? Hillary of carbonation.
0: But yeah, I mean, <laughs> just imagine, you know, sitting back Where's in a my beer hall
1: to get me to my
0: carbonation in a beer hall with that huge Stein with this stuff in it. I think that's what it's really meant for. But that's
1: why check. I mean, remember when we were at that place in check and. Improb in, uh-huh. in the Czech Republic. And they had that darker yeah. beer. And that was the only beer
0: they had. That was the only one they had. They had one option and it, was, it was that beer.
1: But it was dark and it had flavor, but it was also light. But it was light. But it I was light shocked. To drink.
0: It wasn't like a stout. It wasn't like a port or anything. like. It was just like, you know, you would expect a chocolatey um, coffee sort of flavor, heavy. But it was dark and light, which was very interesting. Uh, but this one, light in color, light flavor. Uh, something that you could drink a ton of, and I think that's what it's really meant for. I mean, you know, when when we crack open an IPA, there are certain expectations. When you crack open a Pilsner, there are certain expectations, and I think it meets some of those expectations. I would want a little bit more Christmas on the finish. Uh, it's light. It's it just goes down too easily, maybe. But it, it, that's kind of what it's meant for. Captain Frontier the ship is
1: caught in the ice. <laughs> we can't move forward. Where are you going with this? We can't move forward. We must find the carbonation. <laughs> we must get to the carbonation. I know. It's as it the Pole. It's lost. here. we We can't go on. We're frozen in the ice. We can't eat. We have no food. You have to get the carbonation crew. We are in search of the carbonation. No, but it it would taste better. You do say that about every single beer that we taste. I'd like a
0: little bit more carbonation (laughs) on this one. Our IPA had enough carbonation. We waited a long time for that carbonation, but once it came around, that is the carbonation that I want. I want... (laughs) A tiny bubble at every corner yeah. of my mouth. Yeah, Friday
1: just threw his Soda Stream into the street. He's like, this, this is not enough carbonation, not enough, carbonation.
0: Not enough crispness. I God know the it.
1: only job of this item is to create carbonation in whatever I put into it, but it's still not enough carbonation.
0: Yeah, but you know, just imagine, you know, like I said, sitting in a beer hall drinking this stuff down. I think that's what it's really meant for. It's not a ton of flavor, but it goes down easily. You'll take thirty yeah. pisses by the time you're done with the night. But I think that's what it's for.
1: Yeah, I I agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. So if you so if you're ever are been... sitting in the beer hall <laughs> listening to the Oktoberfest music and we're drinking this stuff, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, it's very good. Say... This is
1: why you see the the women
0: and they bring uh, you know the is... pictures
1: you see on St. Pauli girl. This <laughs> is the beer they are carrying.
0: This is very fantastic. Oh, it's uh, very 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 fantastic. Oh, what is your? It's <laughs> <What is> very very? <laughs> I'm hinting. Fantastic! Yeah, but yeah it's fantastic. fantastic.
1: <laughs> so if you go to yeah if you go to Friday's house, you're gonna see you'll you'll see a giant canister of of uh, carbon dioxide, also <laughs> a giant canister of <laughs> frozen dry. You'll you'll see a cooler full of dry ice. So he's just trying to find the perfect carbonation yeah. level. Uh, just so that he could say that he's finally done it But you are, you're essentially the the explorer of carbonation
0: Yeah, but what would you rate this beer, Ben On our Thirst and Goal rating scale of beers Well, unlike the monks
1: back in the, you know 15th century and 16th century Where they were they had no carbonation <laughs> uh, And they were still happy to but have, what have a that life. beer
0: What a life to live, huh?
1: I would give this For what it is you know for a you know a a, a lager i'd give it a
0: 7 that it. i was hoping you would choose something different i mean for, cuz for i was, was going to say a 7 myself because i think this could be enjoyable for everybody if you're sitting back with friends relaxing and you just want something light this is a good refreshing beer it does the job it it was made for that reason and you know i you know it's it's obviously not the best pilsner that i've tasted but it, it is good
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm going to finish what's left of this beer yeah. with frying. It's light.
0: I mean, it, it's light. I mean, obviously, even it doesn't even taste like it's 5%. It tastes like it's even weaker than that, actually.
1: Yeah. And, and the reason I like it is because it doesn't have, you know, it's not a weedy. There's a little bit of wheat. I mean, it's a little bit, but it's not overwhelming. A lot of those sort bit. of lagers, a little bit, you know, they get a little too weedy. Yeah. But and well, the flavor sort of hangs on the back of your tongue with that. Sort of bready, biscuity flavor mm. that
0: this doesn't really do. This, that. It disappears pretty quickly. I mean, you take a uh, you take a, a a swig, goes down, keeps you thirsty for more. Come back for uh, another swig.
1: Well, we'll get there eventually. Franny will rate a beer a ten <laughs> when, well, a it, when it has that perfect carbonation level, yeah. <laughs> where he drinks the beer and he starts to float off his chair. Into the air, just from the air pockets that are yeah. I, I, well, the
0: Aligash, the Aligash uh, Tripella, that was a ten. That was a ten. That that, that oh, that's true. Style. I Still that, have a that, couple that, in that, a couple. Yeah, that that was a ten. No, I think you have the the Curio or whatever. I don't. I'm not, I don't think of the, don't that, that the, one. I don't have the. Good I don't. One. I don't think of the Tripel. Um, but that one was a ten. That was a ten for me. There was also that um one French beer. Uh, no, it was actually uh, it was Canadian, French Canadian beer, <laughs> and that one. Uh, it was something Demont. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. but Ooh, that I do one remember that. Was one. also a very good beer, very highly rated. I also gave that one a ten. I don't give too many beers tens. Those two were tens. This one's a seven. Air Bocaron. Air Bocaron.
1: That was still my all-time favorite of all the beers we've tasted.
0: And unfortunately, I, I was look. I was go down the aisle can't to see if it. it's there. It's not there. That one very interesting, but still not as good as the the two that I mentioned.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I have the Genesee Which, from Rochester, New York that I was able to find at Total Wine, but I can't find El Bocaron, a Spanish beer made with, with salt water from the Mediterranean, and it's just... I it, mean, it's not the best beer you'll ever have. It's not... But it's, it, it has a flavor that you're not going to get in just about any other yeah. beer.
0: I mean, it, it keeps your lips smacking because you get a little bit of that Mediterranean uh, sea salt, and it is just... it's It's interesting. And that one... Has plenty of carbonation.
1: Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, and and if you've been, you know, next to the sea and you have that sort of salty that sea foam, you go, but you go swimming and you get out of the water and you have a beer there and you lick oh, yeah. your lips and you get a little bit of saltiness around your lips because mm-hmm. of you, you've just been swimming and you have the beer. That's what air yeah. bocaron. It
0: doesn't sound appetizing, but once you try it, it's so good. It's it's pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting, and it kind of it leaves a little bit of salt in your mouth as well. All right, you're at a seven. mm Mm-hmm.
1: I'm at a 7. All right, Franny, anything else to add about our beers, our brown of
0: the week? Nothing else to add, Ben. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping to finish up the show.
1: Oh, my goodness. We're just over two hours. As usual. But at least we're almost, you know, under two hours. All right, folks, thank you. Let's all. talk about
0: the wide receivers now.
1: Yes, yeah, you never you never want to talk because you're an Eagle fan, so you don't want to talk about wide receivers. Uh, this is a show since 2018. We have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstygold.busbrow.com. From there you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You get episodes. You can check out our show notes, and from there you can get links to all of the stories that we cover. All of the browns, the beers that we review every single week. You get links to all the podcatchers in the universe. CastBox. CastBox. Podcast. Or what is it? Pocket Cast. Apple Podcast. Pandora. Please check us out on Pandora, folks. We are on Pandora. It wasn't easy to get on there. So definitely check us out on Pandora if that's your app of choice. Uh, Please leave us a review. How many stars, Friday?
0: Five stars, Ben.
1: Five stars. Leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts, folks. I mean, it just takes a second. Just punch that leave a review button. Just put in five stars. All the stars. way to the right.
0: All the way to the right. Five stars.
1: Yeah. just, just, Just help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. You can also call us and leave a voicemail. There is a phone number in the show notes. You can follow us on my mediocre Twitter account at Goal Thirst. And on Friday, Friday's amazing <laughs> Andy Warhol like Instagram account at thirstand and check out all of the photography, the Browns, the beers, the special events that we have, the the beer brewing. We have pictures about the, of the beer brewing. We've done taste tests of cognacs, of bourbons, of ryes, of scotches, of beers, of waters. We've done a whole host of taste tests, and we always post those pictures on Twitter and on Instagram, so please check those out. Franny, anything else to add before we wrap up the show?
0: Nothing else to add, Ben, but thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in and listening.
1: Absolutely. We love you all, and we'll see you next week.